0: Welcome to the All Things Nintendo Podcast. I'm Brian Shea from Game Informer, and this is a weekly podcast to discuss all the biggest news and games from the world of Nintendo. We knew it was coming, we just didn't know when, but in typical Nintendo fashion, they gave us 24 hours of notice that the latest Nintendo Direct was coming. And it gave us some pretty big announcements, as you might imagine. That's what this episode is going to largely be about, but we have so much news to get to that we're actually going to make this a three-segment format that we do typically with All Things Nintendo. But it's just that all three segments are going to be ded- dedicated to news. So joining me to run down this news avalanche is Game Informer's own Marcus Stewart. Marcus, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great. You know, what's funny. I think the last time I was here, was also a news only show. I was here for the previous avalanche and I'm just, I'm here for the, that's right. for the new one. Yeah. I'm just the, the unofficial like news hound. Apparently. Well, I, like, yeah. Well, I guess that's Wesley's nickname. I don't want to steal that. I'm like the
0: news sidekick. You're the Robin to Wesley's Batman.
1: Yeah, like a good Jason Todd. Like, when the news gets too heavy, it feels like I'm being beat to death with
0: a crowbar. Okay. Well, I hope that's not how you feel coming on the All Things Nintendo. I, I I hope this is a fun time for all. Marcus, we have a few non-Nintendo Direct news items to get through before we go to the Nintendo Direct part of the episode. And uh, wouldn't you know it, we have some Pokemon news to start this episode. So, the next Pokemon trading card game expansion. Have you seen uh, what it's themed after? I have not. It is, even though it's, I think it's only the third or fourth Scarlet and Violet themed expansion. They're going to focus entirely on the original 151 Pokemon. Oh, which is kind of weird seeing as how like they just opened up a whole new stable of Pokemon to, to use. So I know those guys. Does that mean, they are they going to reprint like the original artwork from like the first run of cards or are they just? I don't think so. They've done that a few times now, right? Like they did that yeah. with Pokemon Evolutions. Uh, I want to say four years ago now. They're doing some of that with that like premium Pokemon, uh, the, the, the the like the premium battle starter kit or whatever it's called um, that they announced during Pokemon Day this year. And there's gonna, it's going to come with, like, a, a Charizard and a, a Venusaur and a Blastoise, from what I understand. But I think these are all new cards for these Pokemon, just focused on the original 151 monsters. Okay, nice. And Maybe, maybe this it, is my chance to finally get a Charizard. I mean, you, you can get a Charizard from almost any expansion at this point. I think that almost every expansion has a Charizard. Um, I, I know that I've pulled several Charizards from different expansions. But when I hear that, like... The po- the next Pokemon trading card game expansion is themed after the original 151. That's like a, a say no more moment for me, right? Like I love <laughs> the Pokemon TCG and I, I do galleries of pretty much all of them on GameInformer.com as they come out. But the original Pokemon in red, blue, slash green will always have a special place in my heart. And you want to guess what this uh, expansion is actually called?
1: Uh Actually, I I can't. I don't know. What's it called? It is
0: called 151. (laughs) Oh, okay. I guess that makes sense. Yeah, Uh, it's called Pokemon Trading Card Game Scarlet and Violet 151. And uh, so, yeah, in addition to that, there's going to be several rare rare and special illustration cards. And there will also be ultra rare full art cards. And I've never seen this designation before. Three hyper rare gold etched cards. Oh, so hyper rare is a new thing. I don't recall hyper rare being a thing. I've heard ultra rare, but hyper rare. I think that's a new new designation or maybe a very rare designation, a hyper rare designation that pops up because I've been reading kind of like the the little handbooks that come with all the elite trainer boxes. And I don't recall seeing hyper rare, though. Maybe I'm just completely uh, misremembering. But the thing about this expansion is it seems like it's not going to be available with booster packs. So you're going to have to instead buy special collections, which can definitely be frustrating. But that seems to be the case with a lot of these like kind of special Pokemon TCG expansions. And I I don't know how that like deters or encourages you to purchase more of this. But like, it's kind of frustrating to be like, oh, I can't just drop like 450 or whatever the cards are up to at this point. Because I know they just recently went through a price increase. But like, how does that? uh incentivize or de-incentivize you i mean my only equivalent if i'm understanding this correctly is that
1: Yu-Gi-Oh does this a lot where they'll release like like said oh a special edition card or like we're gonna reprint the dark magician with like a new artist and like a crazy rarity but you can only get it in this like special pack or like 10 like a like a collector's 10 uh And I'm used to doing that. And I guess I've never minded it. If nothing else, I'd rather pull it in a place where I know I'm going to get it rather than going through a bunch of packs and hoping I pull it. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? It's like, okay, it's all concentrated in this 10. It's like I'm going to get it either like guaranteed or like you have like a one in like three chance if it's like, oh, it's two other cards like it in there. So I guess I if that's the angle they're going with, I I always kind of like that. But I also say that as someone that rarely buys individual packs anymore, mm-hmm. um, because sometimes you're like, oh, this pack doesn't have anything that I use. You know what I mean? There's nothing here that supports my play style. So like the special edition stuff is usually at this point where the sort of like cool stuff that I'd be interested in would uh, usually appears. So I, I guess maybe for people like me, it's a, like nice incentive. Sure,
0: man. I, I should never have gotten rid of my old Yu-Gi-Oh cards dark magicians blue eyes white dragon man i i was telling i think uh,
1: alex van a fellow tcg enthusiast uh especially pokemon that i uh i believe i have every version of the dark magician ever printed including uh when i our last trip to japan i, I bought the Oh rush duel version of him which is a format that has never come to the us like rush duel oh wow uh, yeah it's basically a different style of game uh and the cards look completely different Uh, Just because of that. But yeah, I bought the Dark Magician equivalent there, uh, which was nice,
0: sort of. Whoa. Complete the collection. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, if you want to continue buying every version of Charizard, (laughs) this Pokemon Scarlet Violet 151 arrives in September. So you'll be able to start doing that and uh that's that's kind of when you can expect that. I think there is one or two more expansions between now and then. So uh but that, that one was one that caught my eye. I don't typically cover all of the Pokemon TCG expansions on this show, but that was one that I was like, oh, I bet that people would actually be interested in that. Like, I mean, that's what got me back into Pokemon Trading Card game was the evolutions um part of the XY series, because they basically reprinted a bunch of the base set and I was like oh well that's what I used to collect when I was a kid so yeah let me just do that and then it's just been all downhill ever since so maybe this will be that for somebody else <laughs>
1: yeah real quick has the pokemon card frenzy died down again like are people still fighting in front of targets and like they're like refusing to sell them because of that like is you know, that still they're fighting about other
0: stupid stuff at target now it's um but no like the pokemon trading card game I think it's still very popular, but I don't think people are coming to fisticuffs in in the aisles of Target. I remember right. in like late 2020, early 2021, my Target just outright stopped carrying Pokemon trading card games, and they they put a sign up that was like for employee safety,
1: right? We are, we are I they're not carrying too. Pokemon
0: trading card because it was like, like wow.
1: a company wife I guess it was like it was like a, the pandemic. It was like a side effect of the pandemic was that whole like resurgence of uh pokemon stuff yeah um or at least with the cards so i yeah i wasn't sure if that was like still happening or not i assumed it died down a bit but i i wasn't sure
0: yeah i think it has died down to the point that it's now just extremely expensive instead of <laughs> violently dangerous yeah um so speaking of things that are still kind of expensive but not violently dangerous uh, if you're stupid like me, you went out and bought a price gouged amiibo when you were missing uh, one, just one in the set of Zelda amiibos when Tears of the Kingdom came out, because I had all the Zelda amiibos aside from the Bokoblin one. And because uh, when that came out, I was like, "Yeah, I'll buy the Link, and I'll buy the Zelda, and I'll buy the champions." But like a Bokoblin, that's like a basic enemy. I don't. I, that's where they, that's where I draw the line. is basically what I said. And now. <laughs> You know, I've continued buying all the Zelda series Amiibos, and I still have all of them. And I was like, oh, I wish I had the Bokoblin one. <laughs> it was like eating me <laughs> alive. So I went on Amazon because I really regretted not having it. And I spent $35 to get one, basically oh more than twice the list price.
1: It's not even the cool Bokoblin. It's like the basic red one, right? Yeah, it's the basic red not a, one. Not
0: even At least let it be like the black ones that are like really hard. Yeah. Well... <laughs> Uh, wouldn't you know it this week nintendo confirmed reprints of the skyward sword link amiibo and of course the bokoblin amiibo <laughs> terrific <laughs>
1: awesome great job that's how that works right how have they not done amiibos of the the dragons yet because
0: that seems like that'd be like a home run of the Ooh,
1: that legendary would be, dragons
0: that fly around that would be tricky though they did the champions um and maybe we'll have a bit more zelda series amiibo news later on in this episode um but yeah, I, I would like to see the the dragons, but I feel like there's a lot of other characters in Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom that I would like to see first. Ooh,
1: they should do the sign guy. <laughs> the and he's got President like Hudson. a Yeah, he's a sign that like keeps falling over and you have to keep like you are you have to find ways to keep it up on the amiibo. Like and they don't give you the materials. You got to find something <laughs> in your house to keep it up like a pen or something.
0: Just have, have duct tape him to the wall. <laughs> Real great. life, Ultra Hand.
1: Yeah, there you go. Attention to detail. Uh,
0: And then if you scan it and you're by the sign guy, it it gives you a bunch of materials that help you even more. Hell yeah. There you go. Pay to win. That's how we like our (laughs) Amiibos. Uh, But yeah, now you can avoid scalpers. Um, But for now, I'm feeling like a big old dummy because I typically don't like to pay above list price for stuff just because I, I don't like encouraging those people. Like I was actually... I've always dreamt of having a pair of, like, the Chicago color scheme of Jordan 1s. Ugh, don't we and all. I was at a store in the mall by me, the Mall of America, and they had a, the exact pair in my size, and it was marked up to $550.
1: You know what's and- funny? I had the same experience recently where I went to the... Millennium mall in Orlando okay and they have a similar store to have like really expensive seekers and I found this exact pair and yeah they were about like 600 something dollars
0: yeah I I just I can't do it and like my my partner was even like hey like you know this could be like a a present I I can pay half and I was like that's just the principle of the thing oh Brian (laughs) she offered to pay half Did, but I I, it was very sweet of her but I I was like no like it's just I don't I don't like I feel dirty doing that you know I don't I mean at that high of a, of a, of a markup?
1: Can, what, can you even get them at, like, whatever the original retail price is no, at this point? So no. It's like, that's kind of probably th- the best you're going to be able to get ever.
0: <laughs> but also, I, I feel like I would be worried every time I wore them. I'd I be mean, like, you oh wear them God. for special occasions, right? Yeah, but... You know, i like, wear also, them day to day. I would wear them at, like, Summer Game Fest. I, I'd yeah, wear them to the JW Marriott. Yeah, some, oh, I'm,
1: yeah some I'm saying... Yeah, you wear them for stuff like that, but you're not wearing them to go grocery shopping.
0: I might. You never know. Next I thing mean, you know, for I'm that much money, you may as well. <laughs> dropping a, an entire dozen of eggs on my Jordan Ones that I just paid more than an Xbox for.
1: You're notorious for dropping
0: eggs. I've I, I drop eggs. It's a real problem. <laughs> uh, but anyway, the last story before we dive into this big old Nintendo Direct. The Nintendo Switch Online Plus Expansion Pack has a brand new, or I guess a, 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 an old, Game Boy Advance game in its library, and uh, it's the Game Boy Advance title originally known as Fire Emblem, but now mostly referred to as Fire Emblem, the Blazing Blade. That title was changed due to the fact that even though it was the seventh game in the series, it was the first one to release outside of Japan. Ah, OK. Yeah. So it it originally came to the West as Fire Emblem, and now most people like kind of it's almost like a Final Fantasy situation where it's like, is it Final Fantasy three? Is it like what's the numbering scheme here? Okay. And I've kind of acknowledged that I've been late to the party on the Fire Emblem franchise. Plus, I was never really the biggest Game Boy Advance player back in the day. But do you have any affection for this particular game?
1: No, I never played it. And this is all news to me, like what you just said about it, because I always thought that was the first Fire Emblem. Uh, so, surprise. But uh, yeah, <laughs> it, yeah, I've never played it. I I think I almost bought it on the Wii U because I wasn't it ported to the Wii U Virtual Console? It I was. Think? Okay, it's like, I think I eyeballed it for
0: a while, and then never pulled the trigger that I can remember. Um, well, you can always go back to the Wii U eShop and buy it again now, right? Like, oh, wait.
1: <laughs> well, it helps that I'm a Nintendo Online Plus subscriber, and I can just play this one
0: if I feel so inclined. Yeah, I mean, I don't know when I'm going to ever have time to check this out, but I'm glad it's there. I'm glad it exists. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, Really, I mean, that's all the news that we have outside of this Nintendo Direct. So, Marcus, do you want to transition over to this Nintendo Direct? Let's do it. All right, we are going to take a quick break, and when we get back, we are going to run down all of the news coming out of that aforementioned stream. We will be right back. As expected, Nintendo steered clear of the Summer Game Fest blast radius, but we still got a Nintendo Direct in before the end of June. As a result, we now have a much, much better idea of what the second half of 2023 looks like, particularly for Nintendo. So we are going to go through this Nintendo Direct. I've chosen to go through it chronologically instead of like order of importance. I think in the past we've done order of importance, but we're going to cover pretty much everything that popped up in this Direct. So people listening, if there's a specific announcement you want to hear us talk about, you can check the podcast description for time codes, but otherwise we're just going to dive right in. And Marcus, I think the producers of the Nintendo Direct must be fans of this podcast. You know why? Hmm. They why? stole our gimmick. They kicked off their show with Pokemon news. Oh. And did you see that we got our first look at the upcoming Pokemon Scarlet and Violet expansions? I did. It was uh, long. Some of it was like, wasn't it just
1: like a giant montage almost with like no, at least in the beginning, like no context. You're just saying like, oh, there's Pokemon, there's... Uh, smiling people it's all running at a stable frame rate
0: that was the most shocking part right Uh,
1: (laughs) yeah it's like i hope that's this better be how it looks when it comes out
0: (laughs) well i have theories about this so uh we already knew it was going to be a two-parter the first part we knew was called the teal mask and the second part called the indigo disc so the teal mask takes you to the kitakami uh area of the paldea region which is an area you can't go to as of yet and apparently you're going to be uncovering mysteries related to local folklore. And then the Indigo Disc takes place in a smaller contained terrarium, which this is where my theory comes into play. It makes me wonder if they did that intentionally to avoid the performance issues of the base game. Like Maybe they can load in a smaller contained area a lot easier than they can a an entire region that you can travel around.
1: Yeah, that would make sense. I mean, at this point, the main game is like
0: better now, right? I don't know. I haven't gone back since I did my review. Really, I, I want to go back. <laughs> there was a there was a, an event that they had where it was like, all right, you can go and you can uh, in the 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 raid battles that they have. I forget what they're called. Um, mm-hmm. The Terra raid battles. That's what they're called. Um, you could go and get a, a Terra uh, Charizard with with the Terra type of Dragon, and I was like, oh, that's awesome. I'm gonna go do that. And then I couldn't find any of them. I remembered that, that it was going on with like an hour left in the event. And I went around all over the place. I couldn't find any of them. And I just gave up. And I haven't gone back to Pokemon Scarlet and Violet since. <laughs> really wanted that ter- that Dragon Terra type Charizard. You know, I don't blame you. It's Charizard. Yeah, exactly. We talked about it last, uh, last segment. It's the best. Although Dragonite's always my boy. But Charizard's number two. Um, but... The Teal Mask, which is the first one, is set to arrive this fall, and the Indigo Disc is still slated for this winter. And we got some some details about how far you need to be in the game. So the Teal Mask, you'll just need to have started the treasure hunt quest in the base game, which happens a few hours into gameplay, so that's pretty reasonable. And for the Indigo Disc, you actually need to have beaten the main story before unlocking that content. So are you at that point for for your playthrough? Oh, the one that I, Yeah, I'm
1: totally... I've played that game. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so you're good to go I, I, on that I definitely
0: haven't even like not bought it yet <laughs> <laughs> so I'm I, I'm ready to go yes we have we have talked about that you have not played this game so I guess that makes sense that you would not be good to go then um <laughs> so does this do these expansions pique your interest in any way even though you haven't played the original game i mean
1: no but i mean it's the thing where like i'm cool it's cool for the people that like it i i hope it works out i hope i i mentioned before like i hope it runs well they can't afford to have like another like big content drop for this game that also kind of craps the bed uh so hopefully your theory about them you know designing it in a way where it's just less of a of a technical strain uh proves true and yeah
0: we'll we'll see i guess I sure hope so because I, I'd love a good reason to go back to those games because I, I was building a pretty awesome team and I just kind of abandoned it, even though I still feel like I had quite a bit left to do, like in just in the world. I'd obviously finished the story and everything for my review and spent a ton of time in that, that world, but like I, it's just such a huge world. Like I felt like I still had so much to explore and do, and I could find cooler Pokemon to add to my team or put it just throw away in boxes and never see again. Right, But um, yeah, so those are coming in, you know, the next six months. So we have some Pokemon stuff to be excited about. But with you having not played Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, I think it's pretty good that this is that was the only mainline Pokemon news that we got. There is some Pokemon news that's coming later on. Spoiler alert if you did not watch the direct. um, But first, we got a, a, a blue boy to talk about. We got Ooh. a new look at Sonic Superstars, which I came out of Summer Game Fest pretty hot on. And if I recall correctly, Marcus, you were pretty excited when this came on screen. How are you feeling about this one so far? I am excited. You're a, rais- a big reason for that, because
1: like the initial announcement, it's like, oh, this is all I ever want from Sonic is 2D Sonic. It's my favorite Sonic as a Genesis kid. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, I had the pangs of like, OK, this is Sonic Team. Sonic 4 was kind of a letdown. Hopefully they learned from that. And then you were the one that said that because you got to play at a Summer Games Fest that, it is not a sonic force situation that he controls appropriately yes all i need is like okay that's that that's my only hang up and if that is not an issue then i'm allowing myself to be super hyped for this game and this new look at it like i i have the same thing with uh watching the prince of persia the new prince of persia (laughs) trailer Mm -hmm. where it just looks so good but it's so like it's like i this is so up my alley that I almost feel like I'm playing it as I'm watching the trailer because the gameplay looks so good and you get those almost like f- I have a, like a phantom controller, It's Like I feel myself doing the things. You're like you're like the little screen. brother
0: where you you don't plug the controller into the second port, but you you tell, hey, look, you're playing. It's yeah, it's like you want to play so bad. At, like even
1: if you know you're not, you're sort of like allowing yourself to pretend that you are. That's kind of where I'm at
0: with this game where I was like, oh, this looks so good. This is what I want. Well, if it eases your, your worries at all, I think it did come out that parts of the Sonic Mania engine were reworked to be used in Sonic Superstars.
1: Oh, okay. That's cool. So
0: that is a uh, very promising thing. And I, I thought it played excellent. I, I thought it played as good, if not slightly worse than Sonic Mania, though maybe it was just my mind playing tricks on me when I um when I played it like a game with modern sonic visuals right right where it's like oh crap like this no way can this play as good as sonic mania but it sounds as though they literally took a lot of parts of like what made sonic mania tick and applied it to this so that that's very promising but we got a new trailer we didn't get any real new information but we got to see the four-player local co-op in action plus a new emerald power that hasn't been shown if i'm not mistaken and basically, like, it looks like Sonic can reveal hidden platforms and rings and stuff. So, like, it, you can activate it. And if you do it in the right spot, you'll find some new areas to explore, which is kind of cool. Yeah. And they've already shown the one where, like, a bunch of clones run across the screen. I got to use that myself when I played the game. And then there's one where Sonic, I guess, gets to dash up, a, like, waterfalls and stuff, which could come in handy, given, like, it still relies heavily on the, the branching uh, paths in the levels. So I'm still very high on this game, and I am excited to get my hands on it further. And if you want more on Sonic Superstars, you can head back two weeks, listen to my hands-on impressions in full, and then also my interview with Takashi Azuka who's long been the head of Sonic Team. And uh, Sonic Superstars is set to come to Switch, plus every other major platform this fall. So the next game is uh, one that I was not aware of, but apparently it, it has been known about for a while. It's called Palia, I believe. Palia? Yeah, uh, yeah uh, I think Palio. Palio, all right, that's what we'll go with. And it's a free-to-play, massively online game where you go on an adventure and the, the way they pitch it is like, build your dream life. And I'm like, oh, well, that sounds nice. And uh, you create a customizable character and then gather resources and materials. And you can use that to, like, kind of craft the home that you want. And then you can visit your friends' homes as well because it has kind of, like, MMO aspects to it. Yeah. And it claims to offer a ton of mysteries to unravel as you go through an ever-evolving adventure. All right. So I immediately saw this and thought it looked cool in concept, but I don't know if I'll – ever be able to jump into it just given that it seems like it's going to require a somewhat persistent commitment to make progress in this game but what did you make of this this announcement
1: yeah i remember dan tack did a preview of this game like two years ago that's why my memory of it lingered from um yeah i mean i'm not a big like life sim farming guy i like i'll play some It it just depends. Uh, mm-hmm. I think the MMO angle is kind of cool because just the idea of having your friends come in, like it's like an expanded version of like visiting islands in Animal Crossing. Yeah, right? that's that's kind of
0: it, the vibe I got, which is why it's perfect for Switch people, I think.
1: Yeah, and pro- and hopefully with less of the hoops you have to jump through to to, <laughs> to go see each other that <laughs> Animal Crossing has. Um, I, it looks fine. I think it could be cool. Uh, like the art direction, I I don't know why it was like not bothering me but it was like sticking out to me of like man it's just looks like Fortnite, which a lot of games uh, are ha- coming out um have a similar art direction that sort of like stylized almost like i don't know why i always associate it with dreamworks but i'm just gonna say dreamworks quality see that. with it yeah i don't know why they they're the studio that comes to mind but like uh something about like with palia i was like more just like man this just looks like Fortnite. but if it was a farming mmo um
0: (laughs) and that's what people uh, have been clamoring for
1: yeah and not even like as a complaint it was just like this weird thing i remember watching a trailer just like i couldn't get that out of my head and i was like i don't even know if that's like good or bad but uh regardless i mean cool i you know it could be cool it could be a fun thing to dive into again i'm very like hot and cold with this these kind of games
0: but i'd be willing to check it out kind of see where it lands I, i was just saying that we need more farming games in general, because there's just hasn't, oh. no, there's just so many right now. Good Yeah, God. I was going to
1: say, like, I mean, every other indie showcase, it's like every three games is a farming game of some sort. Like is... You
0: know those, those like, you see people post things, they're like, I really hope this doesn't awaken something in me. Like, that's what the games industry should have been saying when Stardew Valley came out, because I think that really, like, oh. awoke the, the farming yeah. genre when Stardew Valley hit the way it did. I wonder how many of these people
1: that are super big fans of this have ever become like actual farmers? Like, is there the person <laughs> out there that is a legitimate farmer because they played Harvest Moon or Stardew Valley, and they're like, "I I gotta do. This. I need this in my real life. There's I have gotta to do be this. right." Like,
0: I got. I want to know that story. Like, I grew up playing sports, but I got super into baseball because I love baseball video games, and like, I tr- I made the tennis team in high school because I knew how to play tennis from like virtual tennis and Mario tennis back in the day. And it's like, yeah, like, I mean, I've done stuff in real life. I've read a whole article about, it's called how gaming shaped my life. It's on game com about like how it really did kind of like influence decisions I've made in real life. And I, I would be very surprised if nobody is like has played like stardew valley or even like harvest moon or story of seasons and been like you know what i kind of like this like vibe let me just make this my whole life you know let us
1: know Send us an email, podcast at GameInformer.com.
0: I want to know. if you <laughs> wait, 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 a... no, no, This is all things Nintendo at GameInformer.com. Come on, oh, you me. have
1: your own email? I have my own uh, email. I, oh, okay. Then well, then send it there. <laughs> send it both. Uh, we'll read it either way. I I want to know if you have a even a moderately successful farm. I want to know if you said, you know, it all started with Stardew Valley. <laughs> my, it's
0: funny because my friend from college, he used to tell me stories about like back when he was – well, he lives – near me now but like he used to tell me stories about when he was in college and like working in the summers he worked at a farm cart called harvest moon oh
1: that like, has to be intentional
0: right i don't know I, that's, I mean, that's I, way too specific i would imagine that the harvest moon is probably i bet that farm's older than the game series well the game series started what early 90s like snes i don't know i mean i'm i think that the like farm the first one is probably a generational thing yeah, I guess they didn't say how old the
1: farm was. Yeah,
0: the farm probably has been going for... <laughs> it
1: could have been renamed, though. Since America
0: been... has been founded.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like, it could be an old farm, but it could have gone through different names. Like, maybe the most recent person that took it over was a Harvest Moon fan. It was like, I'm just going to call it Harvest Moon. I don't care.
0: <laughs> now, if somebody comes up and is like, hey, I'm working at this farm and it's called Pallia... <laughs> I'm going to say there were better farm g- game <laughs> titles you could have used, but. <laughs> okay. uh, but anyway, Palia is coming to switch this holiday season, but it's also coming to PC. And apparently that's the version that's been around forever, but they haven't got an official date for that version as far as I can tell, but they are doing stress tests and like. Is it an early access? Is it? Oh, I'm asking. Um, I, I've just been seeing, I, I, I was on their website a little bit yesterday and I, I could tell that they got some like stress tests happening, like server tests, and w- various ways that they're kind of. It seems like they're they're revving up for launch, so oh, okay. it, it might be coming around that same time or even a little bit before, but we'll see. Awesome, but uh, you know what? We got a new trailer for Persona Five Tactica, which I don't know how excited you are for that, but I'm I'm pretty excited for it because that is the newly announced turn based strategy game starring the characters from Persona Five, and you know, as I'd mentioned with the Pokemon One Fifty One. That's all I need to hear to get in on a game when it's like the Persona Five characters. But we really didn't get a ton of new information they, aside from they confirmed some of the, like the mechanics from the mainline RPG are being brought over to this game's battle system. But I did know that notice that there's a uh, new song from Lynn playing in the background. At least I thought it was a new song from Lynn, which is another way to get me to play a game because Lynn is amazing. She's the one that's done a lot of the Persona Five series music. Oh, okay. Um, she's
1: the, the, the voice of, like, the singing yeah, voice like in most of those songs? Yeah,
0: like, Last Surprise and all the other various okay. songs. The, the female singing voice is Lynn.
1: See, I've, I've listened to more Persona 5 than I've played Persona 5.
0: Yeah, she's incredible. And, you know, I, I, I've actually tried to, like, get into her, like, non-Persona music because she's on Apple Music. And uh, it's, it's a very different vibe from like the, the, the upbeat, jazzy nature of uh, like jazz rock of Persona 5. So <laughs> it kind of fell off quick there. But uh, yeah, she's very talented, puts out very good music with the the Persona team. But I didn't really need a whole lot of encouragement to begin with. But I will say that like even among Persona games, which always seem to re- receive a ton of spinoffs and follow ups and, and like new versions, Persona 5 really seems to be getting a lot of extra games. Like so we got Persona 5. We had Persona 5 Royal. We also had like spinoffs like Persona 5 Dancing in Starlight, Persona Q2, New Cinema Labyrinth, Persona 5 Strikler, Strikers, not Striklers, and now Persona 5 Tactica. And that's not even including like all the crossovers and events we've gotten in other games. I feel like every other month I'm getting an email about like generic mobile game 7 adds Joker and Panther to to limited time event. And then, of course, like, you know, Jokers and Smash. We've gotten so many, like, canvas. You can get Joker's Mask and Sonic Forces for your created character. (laughs) Oh,
1: I didn't know that. Uh, Yeah, I mean, Persona 5 is, like, the one, right? Like, they've all gotten, like, since Persona 3, they've all gotten increasingly popular. But it feels like Persona 5 was, like... the the true like glass shattering like i mean because it was so well received and it's such a cool looking game it's it's a game that it's probably one of the biggest like holes in my like um I guess like my my repertoire is not even Persona in general, but especially Five. Like I want to play Persona Five. I own the original version of it, which I've been told by everyone is useless, and that I should just play the Royal version. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're like, why would you
0: play that when the Royal's here? There, so are, it's like, there are some diehard Persona fans who are adamant that the original is better than Royal. I disagree really? with that, having beaten both of them. I think Royal does a lot of really good streamlining. They make the one of the main villains a lot more uh, like humanized and like kind of deeper as a character. Yeah. So I would definitely recommend Royal, even though you know it, it's funny because they add like a thirty-hour epilogue to the story. Oh my god! But it's not that much longer <laughs> because the streamlining that they did throughout the rest of the game is done in such a way that it actually makes the rest of the game shorter. So when you get to that thirty-hour epilogue, it's only probably another ten hours total of of gameplay, like in in addition to your play. I think my play time, because I, I took my sweet time with the original Persona Five, and I think at my my time was like one fourteen was when I wrapped up. And people were like, "Oh, that's slow. You should have finished it in like one hundred or something." I was like, I took my time.
1: Fourteen hour difference.
0: (laughs) And then, so I went to when I played Persona Five Royal, I was doing it for review, so I, I, you know, I kind of had to be efficient with my time, or more efficient. But I'd already played the game, so it wasn't that big of a deal. When I rolled credits, I think I was at like one twenty four, so it was only like ten hours longer than my Persona Five vanilla playthrough. But yeah, so I am actually shocked that we have not gotten a Persona 5 fighting game yet. So because Persona 4 Arena Ultimax is such a well-received spin-off for that game. A Persona 5 fighting game seems like a, a shoe-in at some point, right?
1: Oh, like Persona 5 Arena? Yeah, I'm just almost surprised that it hasn't happened yet. I mean, it, it
0: probably will, right? I, um, I think so, especially if Tactica continues <laughs> up like the... the popularity of these spinoffs
1: yeah and are running out of genres to squeeze persona 5 into (laughs) oh
0: you have no faith whatsoever we're gonna have a persona 5 farm sim by the end of this end of this year
1: hey persona 5 first person shooter um (laughs) but yeah i tactical looks cool i the only reason i'm not gonna play is just because i haven't played five and it's like well i feel like i have to play five right because it's like this is like a continuation and and strikers (laughs) there's so much i have to play before getting to this and i like i enjoy turn-based strategy games i'm like looking at this one like it looks cool you know uh, mm-hmm. but it's like oh i gotta i have at least
0: 200 hours of content ahead of me before i can even think about touching this one because just ignore every other game there's no games coming out this year as we've covered extensively on this podcast no games for the rest of 2023 yeah exactly i so put just- down the stuff i'm playing now like zelda it's gonna have to wait you know yeah, it's probably not going to be in like any of the discussions at the end of the year. And... It's not like it's been a hell of a year so far. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so Persona 5 Tactica, speaking of games that are coming out this year, it arrives pretty much every platform, November 17th. And then we got a couple of announcements that we don't really need to spend a ton of time on. So Myth Force was announced as coming for Switch. And I know that's one of former uh, GI editor and the current head of Indian former, Jill Grote. She is very high on this game, and she has been since it was announced. But basically it looks like you're playing through a Saturday morning cartoon from the 80s, and it definitely has a cool aesthetic. That is coming to Switch sometime this year. They also gave us the next Splatfest for Splatoon 3, which is about ice cream flavors. So you, you can choose between vanilla, strawberry, and mint chip. Which, Wait, what? As, as you pointed out, I know no chocolate, which is very strange. Mint I guess they don't chip. want to, they don't want you having spring. Like it's it's probably the same reason they don't have like a deep red paint because they don't want it to look like you're spraying blood. They probably don't want to associate what it looks like when you're spraying brown all over the place. Is
1: that the next... Is that the fourth, like, most...
0: Po- oh, mint chip. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that threw me for a loop. I'm sorry. So, But as you pointed out when it was happening, those are the same colors as Foam Stars, which is basically Square Enix's Splatoon-style game.
1: Yeah, I could not, like, unsee that, which is weird. Be like like that I'm even thinking about phone stars. But like, yeah, it's just like sort of like cotton candy, sort of like pink and then blue. Um, yeah, I guess. Uh, which which one would you pick in the Splatfest? What, what flavor are you backing? I mean, of those, three, stand?
0: of those three, I legit might go vanilla. And I know that's the boring answer. And the reason for that is it's a chameleon. I can put whatever I want in a vanilla, a pile of vanilla ice cream. If I put chocolate syrup in there and mix it, I got like that that cool, like old-fashioned chocolate flavor, and that's always delicious. Or you can make a, a really good sundae over it. Drizzle caramel over it. Vanilla yeah. is my pick, I think. Strawberry is very good on its own, but once you start adding stuff, you you start playing with fire a little bit there. Yeah, mint, you gotta tailor it. Mint chip, you have to be in a particular mood for that, I think.
1: I've never had mint chip. I'm not a big mint guy outside of like just a mint. You know what I mean?
0: You don't like like a, a good mint chocolate like the Andes mints?
1: No, not really. I never really liked mint, thin, like thin mints, like the Girl Scout cookies. I know people love those, but I've never been a fan. I
0: only like them when they're frozen. Oh, okay, that makes sense. It's very sense. refreshing. But you, so like if you go to Olive Garden, which I know you're just hanging out at Olive Garden oh, constantly. Oh, huge fan. You leave the Andes mints on the table.
1: I'll eat those because they're like small and inoffensive. Okay. But like Do one, give is, one is good. I... It's funny, I, went, I knew I went to Olive Garden within, like, the last
0: year. I have not gone in probably seven years. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that was, like, a, a, a victim of inflation. They're like, we gotta stop giving out these free chocolates again.
1: <laughs> this is really tanking the business. Uh, actually, yeah, they do, because I went to Olive Garden for, like, a first date last year. And they, they we, we did get the mints. Okay. So, yeah, it's, it's still a thing. But, yeah, I... Yeah, I'm with you. I'd go with vanilla. Vanilla's great. You know the irony of the phrase, uh, plain as vanilla, is that, you know, vanilla, the, the bean is one of the most exotic ingredients on Earth. <laughs> but, like, vanilla is just, like, in society, it's considered, like, plain and boring.
0: You know what? I am drinking a, uh, a chocolate espresso drink right now, with, and I've decided, based on this conversation, I'm going to make myself a vanilla latte at the end of this episode. Ooh, that sounds good. That's what I'm going for after this. And yeah, that, you can't yourself. really, you can't really do Splat Fest for like best coffee flavor because they'll all just be the same color.
1: I would like that, just like the coffee connoisseur's dream. Like, you know, do you like a nice dark, dark roast, light roast, medium <laughs> just roast, different like,
0: shades dip- of brown?
1: <laughs> yeah, just like, you want French roast or do you want Colombian? Which one are you going with? <laughs> Cuban coffee? I'm gonna go. I think I'll back that one.
0: Oh, man. So, Marcus, I said that we didn't have any more mainline Pokemon news, but we got some other Pokemon news. We got an update for a game that was announced in 2019. Back in May of that year, right after the Detective Pikachu movie hit theaters, the Pokemon company announced that a new Detective Pikachu game was coming to Switch, and then they disappeared off the face of the earth. Did you play that first one that came out on 3DS? I did not. I didn't either. But I assume you saw the movie, right? I did. How did you How did you like that movie?
1: Uh, I probably liked it less than maybe most did, but I thought it was fine. That's because you're a Pokemon hater. I, honestly, the the my favorite thing of the movie was looking at the Pokemon, like just seeing them in the real world, and like every time a new Pokemon came on screen, I was like, ooh, like a little kid, because you it was exciting and they looked good, and also you got like the first like to scale. Like okay, that's how big a Mister Mime is compared to the average person. Okay, now I know. <laughs> you
0: know? <laughs> well, you got that
1: in the anime. Yeah, but like it's still a cartoon. You're like they could exaggerate if they wanted to. But now that I see Justice Smith, who is not a cartoon, um, I can say like okay, he's this many Justice Smiths tall.
0: Yes, <laughs> that's that's it's like they say Americans will use anything but the metric system. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so both. Tim Goodman, who is the Justice Smith character, does not look like Justice Smith in the games and the talking Pikachu are back. And as just as the Tim Goodman character does not look like Justice Smith, the Pikachu does not sound like Ryan Reynolds in the game, but he does drink a lot of coffee and solve mysteries in Rhyme City. So uh, this game, which everybody I think thought was probably just vaporware at this point, it's been more than four years since we heard about it. It is coming to switch on October 6th. So we actually have a date for it. So it's called detective Pikachu returns. Mm. So I don't know. I, I I think it would do them good to release that first one on switch. Cause I, I don't know how many people are going to fire up their 3 dss to play the original one, but I do have the detective Pikachu amiibo. And oh, I didn't uh, know that existed. Yeah. I got the giant one. There's a, there's a regular size one and there's a giant size one. I have the giant sized one. <laughs> oh, wow. It's you know, a, I have to,
1: I, I don't, was it here or it might have been on the GI show with Kyle, but I kind of have to eat my words a little bit because I I think it was with Kyle where we talked about a sequel. And I think he also brought up because I, I had not I was not aware that this game had been announced that long ago. And I was and I was saying that it wouldn't they would announce the sequel to the movie before a sequel to the game. Okay. Because the movie's just more popular, and I was like, oh, there's no way it's like They announced the movie first and then they announced the game sequel to piggyback off of that announcement because that just makes sense. But uh, no, they didn't do that. And we still have not heard about the uh, because they they are making a sequel to that movie, aren't they?
0: Yeah, they haven't shown anything, but it it seems like they're basically just kind of saying like, yeah, it's happening. And now, of course, with the writer's strike going on, it's probably even (laughs) further off. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean, I was actually kind of surprised to see this pop up as well. It just seemed like, all right, well, this is a thing that they announced and kind of in the height of the Pokemon or the Detective Pikachu movie popularity, they announced this because I think it was like a week after the movie hit theaters is when they announced this. So it's been that long. Yeah. And now we're at the point where it's like everybody's kind of forgotten that movie even exists. I feel like when people talk about like, oh, like the, let's talk about the best video game adaptations. They're like, yeah, the Mario movie. There's Sonic. There's The Last of Us. I think people kind of forget that Detective Pikachu is a very well received video game adaptation.
1: Yeah, which is funny. Like I would put Detective Pikachu over Mario for no other reason that it, it you know, it doesn't always work out, but at least it takes some risk and some swings. Um, but I think it's because because I I had to remind myself that this was a pre pandemic movie. Yeah, and I think that's probably why it feels so far away. I don't know something in my mind. I was like, that was twenty twenty, right? Like wasn't that like pandemic year? I was like, oh no, it was twenty nineteen
0: yeah sonic uh, was the pandemic movie remember that was like the last movie everybody saw before yep. <laughs> the, 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 before everything shut down say
1: yep that was true for me
0: <laughs> i remember seeing sonic one in an empty theater and be like oh no this is gonna bomb And it ended up doing great so i Wait, don't know if empty it was-
1: theater because of like the pandemic or no, just-
0: this was like probably two weeks before the u.s really started shutting stuff down
1: oh okay yeah, I think hmm. it
0: was like late February was when that hit. And then mid-March was when everything really kind of came to a head for us. Right,
1: because it came out on Valentine's Day. Oh, okay.
0: Part, so yeah, That maybe. was part of the
1: marketing. Like, hey, take your date to That's see, you. Right. <laughs> see so Sonic. It was, a,
0: it was basically a full month before everything shut down. So, no, it was not likely due to any kind of pandemic fears or anything like that that my theater was empty. I think I literally saw it with like three other people opening night. I guess I everyone like, oh, had no. wanted to see it and seen it. Or everybody was doing real Valentine's Day stuff. <laughs> 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 uh, so after the uh, Detective Pikachu Returns announcement or re-emergence, whatever you want to call it, we then got what I thought was going to be the climax of the Nintendo Direct when the Super Mario RPG opening appeared in all its 16-bit glory and then did exactly what the Sonic Superstars announcement trailer did a couple weeks ago where it suddenly transformed that same scene into modern graphics. To reveal that Nintendo is remaking the SNES Classic. And I know a lot of people have been wanting some kind of revival to the Mario RPG series. Since most of the kind of Mario starring RPGs that we've gotten in recent years have been Paper Mario or Mario and Luigi. But I can't believe this is actually happening. I've never actually beaten the Super Mario RPG, but I stand by the notion that it has one of the coolest openings of any game from the 90s.
1: Yeah, I've only ever played the first like hour of it. <clears throat> and that was like in 2020 or 2019. Like I, I never had it as a kid. Um so this is up my alley. Cause I, it's like oh, I could go back and play the is it isn't it on the um it's on the SNES Classic, isn't it?
0: It's on the Classic. I do not think it is on the Switch online though. It's not. Um, but I have the SNES classics. So I was like, oh, I guess I could
1: play that old game anytime I want. But now I'm just like, I think maybe I'll just wait for this one, especially because from the gameplay we saw, it looks like a pretty faithful remake. Like, it doesn't look like they're really changing much outside of just making it look nicer. I'm sure there'll be maybe some smaller tweaks, but I think I saw some comments online from people probably being snarky, but also being like, oh, another remake of a popular RPG. I guess it's going to take all the turn based out and it's going to be an action game.
0: (laughs) I don't know. This Uh, seems pretty faithful, as you'd mentioned
1: yeah, like I mean you see like some of the battle system in there. So like yeah, that, that this looks like that game, just nicer. I mean I, I I kind of take this as like the same approach that they took with Link's Awakening in mm-hmm. that remake, where that was like pretty faithful. It just had a
0: very big, you know, graphical overhaul. So yeah, I think it's in line with that. Um which I mean that's I the think- only uh that's those are the only things that they mentioned where like, you know, it's it's modern graphics and maybe a few like gameplay features that yeah. they, they said like that there's no other real details but it seems like the graphics are the main selling point
1: i'm sure there's some quality of life stuff just to make it feel nicer um and i think it looks nice you know i, I like that they like it still has the sort of like squat character models yeah. from mario rpg um and they didn't really mess with that could, i feel like they could have easily just made them like their traditional models just in a isometric world but I kind of like that Mario looks like somebody pushed him down with a thumb. <laughs> so, I like that they kept that. Cause I, I think that is like an identifiable part of that, of that game. Like when I see that version of Mario, I think of Mario RPG. Do you think that, I mean, I feel like they have to, but do you think Mario's house still has the Metroid poster? Like, Samus- yeah. I mean,
0: I would think they would, if nothing else, double down on some of the Nintendo Easter eggs, right? Like, uh, all that—it's not like Nintendo has to like find any kind of like special permission in order to use their characters. Like they can just be like walk down the hall, and be like, "Hey, do you mind if I?" <laughs> use hey, we're these doing characters? this, by the way. Yeah, like <laughs> Miyamoto should just be like, "Hey, we're using Metroid in Mario." I don't think he even <laughs> ask;
1: he just tells them. Yeah. And they just be they like, "Okay, I guess, sure." Um, <laughs> maybe the Metroid Prime Four release date is in Mario's house. In that, would be,
0: <laughs> that would be wild if they did that. <laughs> Uh, But we know the release date for this one, Super Mario RPG coming out November 17th. So like I said, no games coming out this year, uh, but I I could feel people's excitement through the screen when this happened. And I I was even excited as somebody who had never really like made it beyond the first several hours of this game, the original game, uh, Legend of the Seven Stars. So. As you mentioned, that is on the SNES Classic. If you do want to check that out in the meantime, otherwise you can wait for this, which comes out November seventeenth. But yeah, I'm I'm very excited for this. And again, I thought this was going to be kind of like the the high point of the direct when it happened. Yeah, I'm psyched. I'm absolutely going to play this. Uh, but that, so that was that was a great announcement. And then they followed it up with two more announcements from Mushroom Kingdom characters. Peach is getting her own game which i was surprised we got super princess peach on was that 3ds or is that just was that ds
1: that was ds in wow. 2005 i looked it up for the the piece because i have that game um and that game was good you know some of the like <laughs> emotional powers maybe
0: yeah <laughs> a
1: little sexist
0: but um yeah, but i think say- like literally her powers were like if she would get like angry or sad like she would just like become super powered like crying
1: was like a, a power
0: for yeah her. like she would start crying or she would get like really really angry and it's like wow this is kind of leaning into some stereotypes
1: yeah so the wrapping around it may be not great but the game itself i i think was really fun It was uh, just a fun
0: 2d platformer
1: yeah and it did and it felt like its own thing it wasn't like just a mario game with peach um so i'm excited for this i i feel like this might be a different thing i feel like if it was going to be sort of an evolution of super princess peach it wouldn't be as mysterious as it is? I don't know. Yeah. I, I. It seems like it's still a side-scroller of some sort, but, I mean, I guess it there doesn't some necessarily... There's depth
0: to it, because she walked back towards right. the, the place. It looks like... So basically what happens is there's a very... Sh- the, no details whatsoever, aside from a very, very yeah. short cryptic gameplay clip that shows it was not even a trailer. It was just yeah, like, not hey, even a name. The game doesn't have a name shows her stepping onto a platform and then her outfit begins to change. So I'm assuming some kind of like job system or like you can go there and like, instead of like collecting mushrooms or whatever, like her power-ups are going to be like costumes that she wears almost like final fantasy 10 too, which is a game that's still kind of fresh on my mind. But like, yeah, it, it said that like, they're going to have more information in the future, obviously. Um, and the game will come out next year, but that that's my theory, is that there's going to be some kind of, like, jobs system in there, even if it's not, like, an RPG. I think it's going to be some sort of, like, class system there for her.
1: Yeah, this is a good um, sort of, like, follow-up, though, or piggyback to the Mario movie, and, like, that movie's interpretation oh, I was thinking of Peach, too. of her yeah. being, like, a little bit more of a badass. So, like if there are any people that like maybe that was their first first exposure to princess peach or at the very least like a oh i didn't realize princess peach could be more than just the the macguffin in a game uh i i can want, I like her more now and they're like hey here's a game that just stars her and she does a lot more stuff i think that's pretty smart on nintendo's part so and obviously this is, this must have been in the works for you know a good while but but so yeah, is the movie And yeah, that too. So it just seems like that's just some some smart brand synergy there beyond just it being obviously like a Mario game of like, hey, remember how cool Peach was in the movie? Well, (laughs) we got a new Peach game coming.
0: But yeah, I was thinking that as well, where it's like, well, it's a good thing like they made Peach in that movie, you know, one of the most popular movies of the year. I think it is currently the most popular movie of the year. Um, they made her such an amazing character in that movie because now that's what that's the interpretation that's fresh on everybody's mind. So it's like, oh, cool. Now we get to play as her in whatever this game ends up being. But I would imagine we're going to learn more about this later this year. And then they should it's- get
1: Anya Taylor Joy for the game. Oh, my God. They should just, I'm just saying, like, I know it'd be a lot of money, but money as money is one of the things that Nintendo is not short of. I'm just saying I would, right now. Yeah, I would not, <laughs> I would not want Chris Pratt to voice Mario in a game, but I would actually be okay with Anya Taylor-Joy in a, as Peach in a game.
0: I don't know. I, I I feel like in the games, they're kind of like going to continue on. Like we're not going to have these characters say full sentences. We're just going to no, have known. no,
1: but yeah,
0: I, I don't want <laughs> full sentences from Mario. I mean, I've heard full sentences from Charles Martinet as Mario and it just, it, falls apart peach talks in the rpgs though so
1: i don't think that's as much of a stretch yeah like, she, she speaks full text sentences and all oh, those yes. games well, mario has spoken full text sentences has he i'm pretty like, sure i mean i'm, I'm so used to paper mario where he's kind of mute and like the mario and luigi games i've played i feel like he's still kind of like a mute little like dog basically where everyone just
0: has he spoken them in like the olympics games because i know there's a story oh, I don't know about that, that. <laughs> and I, yeah. I know there's a lot of dialogue in the, the 2021 so i'm i'm assuming he said some stuff in text
1: yeah. i just feel like any rpgs he kind of just emotes to everyone hmm. like luigi is the one that talks but like mario just like raises a fist
0: to let everyone know that he's he's down for whatever or something wahoo you know? indeed
1: That's what he says. Yeah, exactly.
0: Um, But speaking of Luigi, they announced that Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon, which was a previous 3DS exclusive, is also going to be joining this Peach game to coming to Switch in 2024. Which, by the way, maybe I'm reading too much into this. Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon in the press release, it specifically says coming to Switch 2024. The Peach game, it just says coming out next year. Right. I'm wondering if there's a reason they're leaving off the word Nintendo switch in that.
1: Oh, I didn't realize that.
0: Uh, I mean, again, it might have been said in the direct itself, but looking at the press release, it just says coming out next year. Whereas Luigi's mansion, dark moon, it says coming to switch in 2024. You know, it's funny that they
1: even say coming to switch at all, because it's like, where else is it going to go? You guys only have one platform right now. It's not like you have a like a DS out there too, or anything like a, a true handheld. It's like literally the only Nintendo hardware is the switch you really don't even have to say that this this game is coming to switch it's like yeah we we know because
0: that's yeah of course yeah so like oh. here's what it says like uh super mario rpg at the end of it says super mario rpg launches for the nintendo switch on november 17th and then this one says a visually enhanced version of luigi's mansion dark moon originally released on nintendo 3ds is currently in development for nintendo switch and then this one says Princess Peach will star as the main character in her own game, which will be available in 2024. Stay tuned for more information about this game in the future. So every other entry says coming to Nintendo Switch except that one. So that, that get your tinfoil hats on, people.
1: You know, it's funny. Uh, I don't know if you saw this, Brian, but did you see uh, the GameIndustry.biz interview with uh, Yves Guillermo from Ubisoft? where he talked about the sort of, like, commercial failure of the Mario and Rabbits sequel,
0: uh, Sparks of Hope. I saw some headlines from it, but I didn't see the whole interview.
1: Well, like, the, the the big headline was him saying that apparently Nintendo, like, during the game's development, had suggested saving that game's release for the Switch successor. Mm-hmm. And that they decided, like, nah, you know, it's been five years since the first one. Like, I think I think we'll just put it out now, and then he thinks that, oh, if we maybe it would have performed better if we listened to nintendo and saved it for the switch two or whatever it is uh so like just hearing that of like okay like that i mean you would assume that a switch successor is coming sooner than later just because the switch itself is long in a tooth at this point Mm -hmm. but like that feels like it brings it a little closer of like okay this game potentially could have launched on the next switch you know what i mean but like they decided not to do it so does that mean that it could have come out you know theoretically next year when hypothetically a switch two comes out you know could that have been like a launch game perhaps or a launch window game
0: yeah i mean it's it's entirely possible and i think that it's something that we're going to hear about sooner rather than later I, i think it'll be an early 2024 announcement with completely no inside information whatsoever that's just my my theorizing but that is what kind of peaked my, my, made my ears kind of perk up a little bit, was the fact, or my eyes, I guess, because I was reading it, was the, <laughs> the fact that they did not specifically say coming to Nintendo Switch for the Peach game.
1: Man, could you, wouldn't it be wild if this was like a launch title for the next That's Nintendo console? Like, they almost do like what they did with the GameCube of like, we're not launching with a Mario game, we're launching with Luigi's Mansion. If they had that same philosophy, like we're going to take another Mario character that isn't Mario and they're going to kick off our next console.
0: Oof. that would be that, that was a gamble then. It would be a gamble now. But again, Switch didn't have a, uh, a Mario game at launch. It has Zelda game, obviously, but it was it. Mario didn't come till later that year.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it would do better simply because the Switch is so beloved and popular that anything that's going to follow it up will probably be fine, especially because it will most likely be in the Switch wheelhouse, like, in, in terms of so. being a hybrid console, I I don't know how you go back to just doing a home console at this point. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it kind of has to be both now because it
0: just works and people love it. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of look at it where it's like, you know, it's we got the PlayStation 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. Uh, I think that it, it would make so much sense that now that Nintendo has really found, like, its place in the marketplace to kind of continue on that line right like yeah we had the gamecube was like kind of a discipline like the, the nintendo 64 as beloved as it was it was kind of outsold by some of the other the other consoles of its time the gamecube was annihilated by the ps2 the wii obviously did it great at first and then kind of fell off the wii u we know that was kind of an abject failure in terms of sales. And then uh, the switch has been the greatest thing that Nintendo's done in forever. Right? Like, so it would make sense that they'd want to continue on that. But then like Nintendo always has this weird thing where for better and for worse, they always feel like they need to innovate in some way. It's like, they can't just put out like, Oh, this is the same thing we did before, but better. It's like, they always have to have some sort of innovation in their hardware. And it, I, I hope they don't shoot themselves in the foot with that. Where it's like they they kind of apply that philosophy and ignore the if it ain't broke, don't fix it.
1: I mean, you say that, but I mean, the Switch is basically the Wii U but better.
0: <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, like it's the full step of the Wii U's half step.
1: Yeah, it's like hey, that thing we tried before, we're doing it again. But like, you can actually take this thing to a different room <laughs> now. That uh, so I mean, I could. I don't know. I just because of how successful it is and it's just such a great idea. I could see the switch Two having like a new gimmick attached to it, but I think it's still a switch at its core. You know what I mean? Like that's just the foundation going forward.
0: And they're I just going to so. layer on top of that. Like it can also do this thing, you know? I really hope so. Uh, but Marcus, we are we still have so much to go. <laughs> this is gonna Oof. be a long episode. Uh, <laughs> so we got a few more quick hits that we can run down uh, pretty rapidly here after that Mario break. The Batman Arkham Trilogy, which is Arkham Asylum, an all-time great game that changed superhero games forever. Arkham City, which <laughs> a lot of people forget, uh, they neglect to remember that it was a Wii U launch title. Yeah, but Armored also- Edition,
1: what was yeah. it called? It yeah.
0: was, uh, but also <laughs> arguably the best game in the trilogy. And then Arkham Knight, which I, remain is ex- or I maintain is extremely underrated. I think that that game rules, even the Batmobile stuff, I didn't mind terribly. I know a lot of people crap all over that part of it. Um, I know it wasn't developed by Rocksteady, but I'm always kind of bummed that Arkham Origins is left out of these collections because it's not in the collection on PS or Xbox either. And you can't even purchase it digitally on those systems. Like it is backwards compatible on Xbox Series X and Xbox One, but you cannot buy it digitally.
1: So you have to have a
0: disc in order to insert in there. But it's so weird how it's kind of like the forgotten stepchild of that series because it's developed by a different developer. Like it's still published by Warner brothers. It's not like EA bought the rights for a year and then published the, the Arkham origins. It's just a fun prequel story developed by another developer. It's like, why, why can't we have that part of the collection as well?
1: Yeah, I i don't know. I'm curious about that. You know, it's funny because I, I went up to Ubisoft Montreal, who did Origins, to yeah. what well, I went up there for uh, Gotham With Knights Warner, Warner, Brothers Montreal, Warner Brothers Montreal. Not I'd
0: Ubisoft. <laughs> My bad.
1: The other Montreal. Uh, but I went up there for a Gotham Knights preview last year and I, I asked them about Arkham Origins, just, you know, trying to find a through line of like p- what happened between that game and, you know, Gotham Knights, like what's carrying over. And they mentioned that, like, They were like, honestly, most of the people that worked on Gotham Knights or Gotham Origins don't even work here anymore. (laughs) Like, apparently a lot of that team has moved on and that it is pretty... Because, you know, there was a big gap between those two releases. Yeah. Um, But I just thought that was fascinating of, like, even at the studio, there's not much of that Arkham Origins, like, lineage left. Uh, So, yeah, does that... Does that have any driving force of, like, just the urgency to port that thing or
0: remaster it or do anything with it? I don't know. Like, I mean, I don't think it's, like, one of those, like... Because it's not their babies, well, like, I the mean, people that work there? I disagree. I, I don't know. I don't think that that's the reasoning. Because, like, you know, we hear all the time, like, oh, well, Metroid isn't given a, a place of greater importance in Nintendo because it's not a Shigeru Miyamoto creation. But, like, and I don't know how much I buy into that either. But, like, that's something that a lot of people have have repeated over and over again. I don't know if that's the case for this, because... It's still an entry, even if it's viewed kind of as a side entry in the greatest superhero yeah. video game trilogy of all it's time. It's weird because it's
1: not even a side entry. Like, it is part of the canon.
0: It yeah, is a prequel. It, it's a prequel to that. <laughs> but, like, you know, it's it's a side entry in the, the same way that other prequels are, right? Like, I, you you talk about Star Wars, and I think a lot of people originally think of those first three movies but then it's like, oh, okay, well, these prequels, they're canon, they are important parts of the story, but ultimately they they're, they exist in service of that original trilogy.
1: Sure. I guess when I think when I hear side, I almost think like non-essential. That's You fair. know, like it's, it's out there, you can experience it if you want, but it doesn't change anything. Or it's like, I feel like a prequel makes it more important just by default, you know, to varying degrees. But yeah, I don't know. I I saw the same reaction on Twitter of people being like, man, we're just (laughs) we're never going to see Arkham Origins again. I actually have a a really good friend of mine who's she's a huge Batman fan. And so by default, she loves the Arkham games, but she is a huge Arkham Origins like defender Uh, like she. And I, I think that game's the weakest of the four, but that's like saying like they're all great games and one of them has to be last. You know, yeah, if you stack it's, them, it's, it's like, like,
0: oh, this is the worst Zelda game. It's like, exactly. OK, but it's still good by most game standards.
1: Exactly. Like it, this just has to be ranked up with the, its brothers. Um. So but yeah, it's it's like I know those people are out there that love origins. Uh, maybe one day,
0: you know, I would love it. I'd even I don't know. I don't want to like throw it out there in the universe. Yeah. So I'd pay extra to have like DLC for it or something. But yeah, I don't But know. also
1: like, getting to play Arkham Asylum on a handheld, which is basically a, not even basically it is a Metroidvania uh that sounds real
0: nice i haven't played asylum in a long time <laughs> the combat uh, does feel a little rough and dated these days because because every as soon as that game came out everybody started yeah, like, like using it was the first
1: style. one to do that
0: yeah and you know everybody started using that combat system and a lot of people evolved it obviously so it's like all right well how do we go back to where it began and have it not feel antiquated so that's a game, I mean, I'm excited to have that on my Switch. Arkham Knight handheld is kind of a wild thing that's, like, breaking my brain a little bit because that game I, looks gorgeous.
1: Yeah, that game, it's wild that the game is eight years old, but, it like, it looks fantastic. <laughs> like, it still looks
0: super good. And, yeah, I'm wondering how that'll run on Switch. But then again, we have The Witcher 3 in handheld, so who who knows? Yeah. Um yeah. All right, so we'll we'll keep running down these. Well, what I said were quick hit announcements, but we've spent a long time on that. Uh, Gloomhaven, it's a turn-based card battler with RPG elements. Coming to Switch September 18th. How's that for quick? Just Dance 2024 edition made an appearance, of course, and that comes out on October 24th. We got to look at a game called Silent Hope which it looks like a roguelite action RPG starring seven silent protagonists. So I'm assuming Mar- Mario's <laughs> probably one of them, right?
1: I'm sorry, that concept's hilarious. Like, hey, you know how most games have one silent, but what if the whole party just didn't talk? You're like, does that sound exciting? Like just a bunch of mutes, like staring at each other. Are, are they blinking at each other? What are they, right? Passing notes?
0: <laughs> so that comes to Switch October 3rd. Um, another farming game, Fay Farm. Multiplayer Farm Sim RPG, got a new trailer, that comes out September 8th, Hot Wheels Unleashed 2 Turbocharged, more than 130 vehicles, new modes and everything, that comes out October 19th, and then the last one in this quick hit news portion of the the Nintendo Direct, we got a look at Manic Mechanics, which is a very good name, and it basically looks like it's Overcooked, but in an auto body shop, or an auto shop, and uh, Overcooked really spawned an entire genre, huh?
1: Yeah, it's like, hey, do you want to raise your blood pressure with your friends? <laughs> and and <laughs> before my gamified version of a real life job, we we got a whole This genre will never die because there's a lot of jobs that you can apply yeah, this template I, to. I
0: feel like I get a new pitch every month of it's overcooked but blank. It's overcooked, but you're cleaning houses. It's overcooked, but you're like building, in an emergency
1: building, room. Yeah, you're right.
0: you're building a snowman. Uh it's overcooked, but blank. And uh this one at least looks like it has driving portions in it, which seems like that could be cool. But uh yeah, I I don't know. Overcooked is an amazing game. My parents play Overcooked. That's how like popular that game is. Like when they have friends over, they have a PS4 and they will the the two games that they fire up are either Jackbox or they they fire up Overcooked and everybody has a blast. And it's like people who don't play video games whatsoever love overcooked love jackbox so it it makes sense but it like i I, it's just wild that's one of the games that kind of spawned its own genre of like this cooperation slash sabotage multiplayer where you're basically working extreme versions of everyday jobs
1: i should do overcooked but politics like
0: it's the overcooked
1: version of like the senate and then you and your friend just sit in a big room arguing bills, and you have to try to pass bills as quickly as possible. And then you can filibuster and sit there and do nothing oh, <laughs> for a long periods
0: of time. <laughs> just all right. Who's gonna who's gonna filibuster this time? Oh You're god, like, oh, dang it, Steve again. I sit there and mash two buttons back and forth for seven hours. <laughs> god, but uh, yeah, Manic Mechanics comes out on July thirteenth. And then uh, you mentioned this earlier, but we finally. Came up for air from that rundown of games and got our first look at the next Mario plus Rabbit Sparks of Hope DLC. It's called The Last Spark Hunter. And this one, uh, Mario's team travels to a musical planet with new areas and enemies. And it's available right now. So that's good. And I know you reviewed the game, but have you kept up with the DLC at all? No, it's
1: funny because I have it because I the code they sent me was for like it came with the season pass. So it just occurred to me like, oh, I could go play this right now. Uh, so, yeah, I should do that because I I love that game. I, I was sad to hear that it didn't sell super great. because um, I think that game, I think it's better than the first one. And I really like the first one. So cool to see uh, support. Is the Rayman thing out yet or is that this? I think that's the next one. OK, that's like the last ones. I think they said it was only going to be three expansions. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think so. Uh, But anyway, that is out now if you have been keeping up with it. Um, Next up, we got a surprisingly long look at a new Dragon Quest spinoff game, and it's called Dragon Quest Monsters the Dark Prince. And it seems like now we are getting a new Dragon Quest spinoff game each December. Last year, (laughs) it was Dragon Quest Treasures, and this year it's this one and yeah. uh you follow i'm assuming this is sorrow it's spelled p-s-a-r-o i'm assuming it's called it's just pronounced sorrow and his companion rose as they explore nadiria nadiria to find monsters have to a in front of it too. it does not <laughs> to find monsters to raise and combine to create more powerful allies and i didn't know about this spinoff franchise how many games do you think are in the dragon quest monsters series
1: I know there's uh, the Joker games. Yes. But those are the only ones that I know of.
0: Uh, well, it turns out this is the 14th release in the Dragon Quest Monsters franchise.
1: Oh, there's, so there's more of these than number Dragon Quest games. because we're, <laughs> yes. we're up to 11
0: on those. Uh, so the first one arrived way back in 1998 on Game Boy Color. And the most recent two were in 2018 and 2019 on mobile only in Japan. Ah, that explains it. So, uh, yeah, Dragon Quest Monsters, The Dark Prince, coming to Switch on December 1st. And then the next segment was probably as much of a sure thing to be included as existed in this Nintendo Direct since it's Nintendo's next major release. It is Pikmin 4. Pretty lengthy segment, but we'll kind of give the, the vitals here. You play as a new recruit in the Rescue Corps, And you customize your character and then go off on an adventure with Rescue Pup Oachi, which we've seen in in past trailers. And your mission is to collect treasure around the planet to fix the spaceship's radar to open new areas to explore. And they show the underground caves, which are apparently completely different environments than the surface. So you can explore that and presumably find different treasures. And there's also Dandori Battles, where you try to collect more objects than your opponent before time runs out. And this is also the first time that you can go out on night expeditions, but it looks like the difficulty actually goes higher if you choose to do that because creatures are uh, in a frenzy as they put it during that time. So it's kind of a dying light dynamic there, which we still haven't gotten oh, dying don't light say 2. That. We still haven't gotten dying light 2 on Switch even though it was it was originally announced to come out yeah. day and date with the original version. Turns um, out
1: it was in Pikmin Four all along.
0: <laughs> so, if you do need to go out at night, you can find glow Pikmin to help keep those frenzied creatures away from you. But it looks like you will still need to be careful. Where is Pikmin Four on your must playlist for this year? Um,
1: it's something I want to play, but it's not like
0: ah, like
1: that's what I do when I really have to play something. I I make I go ah. <laughs> uh, it's just a, it's just a tick of mine. I can't help it. Uh it's like a lower octave it's like a oh it's like a you know like the the vince mcmahon meme with him in the chair and he
0: gets like increasingly excited getting like the stages of excitement oh i thought you meant like the electric chair being put to death I didn't know what that. I mean, that that sounds like it would be a storyline. Didn't his limo explode one
1: time? I mean, yes, that
0: happened. <laughs> Don't make me sound like I'm like talking out of
1: line. Like that would not I be mean, a storyline. There's, there's never been an electric chair involved in a WWE storyline that I oh, can I, remember. I'm sure there has
0: been. Like, I, no. I'm almost certain somebody has been like people have died in other ways
1: chair. or attempted murder. But the, the no.
0: funniest story of all time was when Vince McMahon's limo, quote unquote, exploded. In the uh, in one of the WWE or then WWF and uh, former President Trump was so concerned about his friend Vince McMahon that he called him to make sure it was fake.
1: (laughs) He's like, hey, I saw on TV that your limo exploded. You know, the your televised murder. Is that are you good? (laughs) They would show that on TV, right? Your limo exploding. (laughs) Nice wide angle shot of it. Uh, One of the funniest things. Someone has been, Uh, Goldust did get electrocuted one time, but it wasn't uh, on a chair. Yeah, so don't make
0: me sound like I'm talking like that would never, oh, the WWE would never.
1: Also, the the electrocution gave him Tourette's for some reason in the storyline. Hmm very that, very how that works very sensitive to <laughs> very to different times right yes <laughs> very different time um but yeah pikmin 4 i i'll, I'll probably check it out it, it looks fun i hope the nighttime frenzy monsters are as terrifying as the nighttime uh zombies and <laughs> i hope you... that's what they got the influence from like these have to be like terrifying looking you know they jump on your face and they open their mouth pieces up like they just like let's just do that but for pikmin
0: Miyamoto's just over here playing Dying Light like 2. They've got they're on to something, guys. And I heard the Switch version's delayed. Let's just do let's just steal their thunder. We can, we can beat them. <laughs> uh so anyway, that comes out July 21st. So just under a month away. And Nintendo's actually pretty adamant that Pikmin 4 is going to be a great jumping on point, but I'm a fool and I always want to play like the, the earlier versions before I play the later versions of a series that's been going on for a long time. I mean, they're not like a continuous story or anything. Right? It's not like I, I, everybody told me over and over and over again, back when uncharted two came out, just jump to Uncharted 2. Don't worry about Uncharted 1. I was like, no, Oh, okay, I, no.
1: Okay, that's no. I mean, I get it, but... Uh.
0: I went back and played Uncharted 1 and was miserable most of the time. I, I think Uncharted 1 is is not a very good game. Uncharted 2, Uncharted 3, Uncharted 4, all great games. I know people crap on Uncharted 3. I think 2 and 4 are some of the greatest action games I've ever played in my life. Lost Legacy is also very good. Yes, uh, very Lost, underrated. Put
1: some respect on Lost Legacy's name. Uh,
0: but 1, I think, is... Uh, it was a beautiful game at the time and that got it a lot of goodwill back in when was that 2006, 2007, uh, seven. Okay. So, uh, but yeah, I, I, that was one of those situations where I was like, I should have just read like what happened in that story. And yeah, played. I Uncharted was too,
1: I only grimaced. Cause I was like, you should play it for the story just cause you want to meet those characters and it makes seeing them again, namely Elena and the second one mean more, but yeah. yeah,
0: you could also, you should probably just YouTube the cutscene. That game also is very long. It goes on way longer than it should. You don't have to do that horrendous jet ski sequence. Oh, that I, I swear that like traumatized me for a little bit. It was
1: awful. I played it at launch, and it was bad. And that's when like your you know your quality is scaled to the time. You're like, oh, this is a pretty good action game, but even at the time, that sequence was awful. I
0: mean, it wasn't like I was playing it in 2023 for the first time. I played it when Uncharted Two came out because I was yeah, like, just oh, two people... years later. Yeah, exactly. Um but anyway, uh, if you're like me and do like to go back to the earlier entries before playing the new entries, you're in luck. Because Pikmin 3 is already on Switch, but as of this week, it happened just after the Direct aired, so are HD remastered versions of Pikmin 1 and 2. and. Sounds- there- I Go was going to
1: say, like, your phrasing there almost made it... I, uh, people's heart might have skipped the beat because it sounded like you were saying Uncharted 1 and 2 oh are God. on
0: Switch. <laughs> no, Pikmin 1 and Pikmin 2 uh, remasters are on yeah, Switch. so
1: calm down, everyone.
0: Uh, these games are available as a bundle for $50 or individually for $30 a piece. And, uh, you know, I actually went and uh, played a little bit of Pikmin 1 last night just to see, like, oh, how does this look? How does it play? It definitely is not the Metroid Prime Remaster treatment in terms of like how good it looks and how like modernized it is. If you mm-hmm. go into a pause menu, it does have the switch with the Joy Cons on like the, the the little like diagram instead of the yeah. GameCube controller, so that's nice. But... Can you play it with a GameCube controller like with the oh, adapter? I did not even think. I, I think that adapter only works for Smash, right? I think I thought it worked
1: for something else, mm-hmm. like another. It doesn't work for Metroid, does it? I assume not. They so. it. Okay. I mean, that seems like a like it's like if it's there, you should just do it for like the old school nostalgia angle. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. That just occurred to me. Of like, can you just play it like the old way?
0: I mean, it would it would be fun if you could, but I also think that the Switch Pro controller is a better overall controller, which may just completely remove any credentials or or street cred that I have with the Nintendo crew because I know there's a lot of people who love that gamecube controller i have never really been one of them it's like oh that's the greatest controller ever i've always thought it's fine it's better than the n64 controller which is kind of a low bar but it's it's the best it's good for smash yeah it's good that's for smash that's
1: kind of where i'm at with it like it's good for smash and it's other than that it's a decent controller
0: but yeah so i, I if given me the like giving me the choice i would always choose the the switch pro controller I can't think of a single game, even Smash, that I would rather use the GameCube controller for.
1: Yeah. But that's just me. But, uh, Who knows? I wonder is uh, the. Because they HD'd Pikmin 1 before for like Wii, didn't they? Ye-
0: I mean, I wouldn't be HD because of the Wii. Or like re released or.
1: Because like, I just wonder if like, is this just a port of the previous sort of re release that they did of this game or if this is like
0: a more like another update to it. The game was ported to Wii in 2008 under the new play control Pikmin. Right. Uh, I know there are motion control options, so it might be the Wii version, but there's also the standard control options. Okay. So I think that it, it, it kind of combined them, which is cool.
1: Nice. Pick, uh, Pikmin one's the only game I've played in the series. Like I beat that game and I came to that late where I played it on the Wii, uh, like the original GameCube version. Uh, and I liked it. I like people i know lament the like time limit stuff but i actually got really into it like i kind of like that pressure of trying to do things as efficiently as possible and i didn't care about starting over like a full day just to do like a run better uh so i there's a part of me that kind of wants to go back to it but then i've never played pikmin 2 but then i don't want to get too pikmin out before pikmin 4 comes out you know what i mean uh so but i'm glad this is here and it's like i said it's cool to have all four of them on the same platform now like the same with luigi's mansion actually like <clears throat> with the uh, dark moon coming next year they're both both of those series are on one place now which is great
0: yeah it, is luigi's mansion one on switch
1: yeah they uh oh actually maybe oh. They, they brought it to 3ds actually, yeah i don't, like, I don't think it's it right. to switch oh
0: man it was, was only like... on 3ds yeah it's it's on oh, gamecube okay. and 3ds are the two platforms Okay, I confused. I, I knew that they had remastered it. I forgot it was for 3DS. But also, this gives me hope. The the going back to Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon, they can that means that they can port stuff over to Switch from 3DS because that's what I've been wanting. I've been wanting the Ocarina of Time 3DS port. And the or links, links between, between worlds. worlds, please. Yes, a hundred percent.
1: Now that the the seal has been breached on that. Uh, no excuse. Do yeah. it.
0: But although, like, they may just wait until whatever their next system is, as we had indicated there, that yeah. it might be on the horizon.
1: We have to see on the press release if it says coming to Switch or not.
0: <laughs> uh, but the thing about the Pikmin one and two releases, you know, like I said, we're less than a month away. Nintendo has sometimes been hesitant to release older games from a series that have new entries coming out soon. So, do you think this is a smart idea for them? Because they, they've always had this concern, like, oh, we're going to cannibalize sales. Do you think that that it's weird that they did that.
1: Uh, I don't think it's weird in general. Maybe it's a little, a little close <laughs> to Pikmin because that's next month. Uh, and I don't really think it's even a full month away. No. Uh, but I I guess if because, I mean, Pikmin 4 obviously has a lot more going on in it than like 1 and 2 does. So I guess I could see the scenario of someone, especially like kids that are interested in it and they can get like a taste early now and then they play enough of it to be like oh now I really want Pikmin 4 like if you're saying it's like this but like bigger and better then yeah mommy and daddy get me Pikmin 4 right now I demand it Uh, I don't know how many of those people are out there probably not a huge number but I can see it but I I guess it's like it can't it probably can't hurt super bad you know
0: yeah I mean I, I, I don't think anybody's gonna I think if anything they're gonna be able to sell these on the back of the hype of Pikmin 4
1: yeah, and I I don't think you mentioned, but like these these games are being sold together as a bundle. You yeah, can't $50, buy them individually,
0: no, right? I think you can buy them $30 a piece or $50 in uh, total. OK,
1: I didn't know if they were. I have only seen the, the box for the bundle. I didn't know if they were separate.
0: Yeah, according to the, the press release, that is how you can you can buy them individually or save some money and buy them as a bundle. OK, that's cool. Nice to have a choice. All right, so next up, during Summer Game Fest, we learned all about Metal Gear Solid Master Collection Volume 1, and during Nintendo Direct, we not only learned about the Switch version, but also got a release date. So the collection features Metal Gear Solid, Metal Gear Solid 2, Sons of Liberty, Metal Gear Solid 3, Snake Eater, Metal Gear, Metal Gear 2, Solid Snake, and then the NES versions of Metal Gear and Snake's Revenge. First of all, Marcus, do you have a favorite Metal Gear game?
1: Man... It's probably Snake Eater. That's, That's hard. I, I love all right? of them. Yeah, it's like, you know, there's some that you like for different reasons Where a four. I really love two. I was a big I love all of them to different degrees. I love Phantom Pain because of the freedom and like its design. But yeah, I probably if I gun to my head, I'll probably go Snake Eater.
0: Well, here's the thing, like vol- it's, it's very intentionally labeled volume one. Right. Do you think we're going to get a volume two, which would eventually not only free four from its PS3 prison, but also bring it to switch? Like imagine having Metal Gear Solid four on switch and also Metal Gear Solid five on switch would be unbelievable,
1: man. I yeah, I I feel like the volume two, if that happens, is not going to be as robust as that? I think it'll be more of like, here's the other portable games like acid and portable ops and peace walker but look at you know how I mean? look at
0: how many games are in this collection you know it's mgs 1 2 3 mg 1 and 2 and then two nes games so like if they just do the the two remaining mainline games and then some of the portable games that seems like it's about similar scope right
1: i don't know if metal gear F- i don't know if metal gear solid 4 will ever because isn't the thing was that it was developed so like it used the cell processor of the ps3 so much that it's like isn't that the reason why it's like they can't reverse engineer it off of there, basically. I not mean, that I, always been the story with that game where
0: there's a will, there's a way. And Konami has not a whole lot of, uh, original development going on right now. So maybe that's what, <laughs> that's what their developers have been devoted to. Who knows?
1: Would it be easier just to do a ground up remake of four? Or don't even try to like, you know, untangle it from the PS3. Just play, like, Hey, let's just make a new version of four. that just runs on technology that everyone uses.
0: <laughs> well, Hey, they already announced the remake of three.
1: I, I mean, that might be that honestly might be the better way at this point. Just get Blue Point or whoever to be like, yeah, we're just going to
0: remake MGS4. I don't know, but it would be cool to have a volume two with like the, the remaining Metal Gear Solid games.
1: Oh, absolutely. Again, an easy place to have access to the entire series is always preferred. Absolutely. You know? And especially games like, like like even the acid games, which are those are trapped on PSP. And I think they've been ported maybe in the HD collection that they did years ago. I don't remember. But, you know, those games are also not like super easy to play, you know. Uh, so I've be never cool tried to have them. those. Yeah, yeah. I've, I played the first one a little bit. It's fine. But it's just more like if you're a Metal Gear fan, it's just cool to have all of them. Also, are you surprised that Twin Snakes still doesn't get ported?
0: I mean, Sure. I don't. I've never played Twin Snakes, so I, I don't know the reason why it wouldn't get ported. Is there like a an underlying reason, kind of like MGS Four has? Nothing I know of. I mean, it was
1: a GameCube exclusive. That's why people were surprised. Like, I, I, this is some scuttlebutt on Twitter of people like Twin Snakes fans being like, "How is it that the Nintendo exclusive remake can't get catch a break on the Nintendo devices?" Like, I. I I've never played Twin Snakes, but I've seen the like infamous cutscenes where they have snake flipping around doing weird stuff, and I'm like, I don't. I can see why they maybe want to abandon it if it maybe strays too far from like what Kojima or whoever thinks like Metal Gear should be. If they thought like, okay, that's a little too out there, let's just pretend it doesn't exist. Or but, I mean, just. Mm-hmm. Do, do we get revengeance in the next collection? I mean, that's another game that surprisingly has never been ported or HD'd up or anything. I mean, I guess it was I think already it's HD, but backward like, compatible, right? Yeah, because like, that's how we did the Super Replay. But yeah, like especially because Platinum, you know, Platinum did that one, and they make was, good games usually. Yeah, when they want to, um. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say they have a decent, a good track. When when they hit, they hit big. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Like uh, volume two is just going to be the here's all the hard games that are like haven't been ported as much, which makes it like the gold mine collection of like MGS4. We finally figured it out Revengeance. We finally got off our butt and moved it. You know, Phantom Pain, we managed to squeeze that giant game into a switch cartridge.
0: <laughs> well, it's almost like how the Mega Man legacy collections were. At first, it was like, oh, man, this is Mega Man one through six. That's a lot of classic games. And then you start getting like the later Mega Man legacy collections, you're just like, oh boy, yeah, I guess there's one of these games in here that I want to (laughs) play.
1: I hope it has a ground zeros and I can play that horrific bombs, sir, removing the bomb surgery and feel the HD rumble as you're rumbling around that
0: girl's intestines (laughs) trying to get the bomb out. (laughs) God, I forgot about that. I think I I blocked that out from my memory.
1: I, it's still one of the, like, as someone has a very strong stomach and doesn't really get bothered by gore in games, that's one of the few examples where I was like, that was actually really hard to get through.
0: Oh, boy. Uh, but, yeah, I am excited to have an excuse to finally check out those early Metal Gear Solid games because I was very, very, very late to the party with that franchise. Uh, I played a decent amount of Phantom Pain, and I tried out 4 back when it first came out. I didn't make it very far. And I did beat ground zeros though, which isn't a huge accomplishment seeing as how it's a very quick game, (laughs) like an hour. (laughs) But um, I think the announcement that I was actually most excited for was the next game. One of my favorite games of 2022 and the game that on this very podcast, the best of 2022 awards, I awarded the most wanted game for switch is finally coming to switch because Marcus, I think like me, you are a huge Vampire Survivors fan, right? I love me some Vampire Survivors. I played some last night in celebration of of this announcement that it Did is you play that new update. To I I was just playing the the original level. Okay. Though so I was I was equipping the old man as my character, so he had like the garlic that he starts with because that's obviously the best power up in the game. Yes. So good, garlic's good. So yeah. I was just thinking so i I was out at summer game fest and on the way home i was like i want something to play on my phone and i was like oh wait didn't they put vampire survivors on iphone and so wouldn't you know it, i found it i bought it i think it was two dollars and then i bought all the dlc because i'm like well obviously i want the full experience and it was only like six or seven dollars total for the full experience (laughs) which is absurd to this day and i was playing it i played it for most of my flight but i was still like oh man this just isn't nearly as good as having like an actual stick to control. I felt very imprecise. I died a lot more than I normally do using the touchscreen, but I was like, Oh God, I wish this just existed on switch so I could have like the actual version that I want. I wish I was playing, which is the Xbox version on the go with like, you know, a tactile stick and everything. And now we finally have it. And it, it, not only that it includes something that the other versions don't, which is four player couch co-op, which is incredible.
1: Yeah, that's I'm happy because I no longer have to endure the like sickening happiness that Steam Deck owners have had since that <laughs> game came out of like, oh, it's my vampire survivors machine. I could play this handheld and I'm just sitting there like Life Jennings being like, must be nice. Um, yeah, I finally <laughs> can play this on a handheld because I don't have a Steam Deck. Um that's all i've ever wanted from this game i've played a lot of it on pc i played even more of it on xbox and like i don't mind starting from scratch to have like like you said for travel it's just such a great game to be like i just want to kill some time i'm just going to do like a run or two of vampire survivors and uh, four player co-op too. couch co-op you know not online but still i want to see what that looks like because just from the amount of sprites on screen like having four players and like does the, how does the screen move? Like if do you always, like if someone decides to go a different direction, like how does it handle that? And upgrades, like there's so many questions I have about that, that
0: uh, it sounds awesome though. Well, Pankle, the the developer is, they've shown that they know what they're doing. So hopefully they figured out a cool way to do it. And then maybe the couch co-op will come to the other versions as well. But I was actually bummed That It wasn't an immediate release when they popped on screen. I was like, oh, yeah, this is going to be like one of those. It's available to download right after this Nintendo Direct. And then it was like, nope, August 17th. But so at least we don't have to wait super long. But uh, I'm very, very excited for that. I have some trips coming up later this year that I'm going to be in the air for quite a while. So I hope that I can download this prior to those trips.
1: Yeah, Vampire Survivors is one of those games where, like, I hope they just keep making new content for it, like, in perpetuity. Like, I will never not want to play
0: I'll continue <laughs> Vampire buying Survivors. Them. I'll continue buying that stuff forever. And it's like, they're always like, all right, this is like a fifty or $3 yeah, at yeah, most. Yeah, here you go. Yeah, take it. Like, I would pay more for this, but this is great. <laughs> yeah, the fact that the mm-hmm. base game itself, is, isn't it only like $2?
1: Uh, I think it's like $5 now. I bought it on Steam when it was in early access, when it was like $2, so okay. that's when I got it. But I bought the Xbox version for
0: like 5 bucks. Like, it's on Game Pass, but I was like, it's $5. bucks. i would rather just own it forever. Yeah. <laughs> so. God. Uh, from Vampire Survivors to the next game is a... It, it's a rhythm game, but you play as a pigeon. <laughs> so it's uh, called Headbangers Rhythm Royale, and it features competitions between up to 30 players in rhythm-based minigames. And it says that it includes more than 20 minigames, so hopefully that means a decent amount of variety. Uh, does this seem like the right amount of oddball humor for you? Because I feel like there is a sweet spot. It's very easy to go over it, and this seems like maybe it does that, but I don't know. Where's this land for you?
1: Um, I've actually seen this game, So it was the first announced I want to see at the future game show. Okay. So I, I was aware of it. Um, I don't know. It nah, doesn't like... It looks funny, but... Nothing that I feel like super compelled to play. I would have to see it when it comes out. You know what I mean? Like maybe if
0: the rhythm mechanics are really fun or like the, the the games are really creative or something. Because like we've gotten so many rhythm games lately that like it's kind of difficult to stand out in the crowd.
1: Yeah, I mean we got Samba de Amigo coming out too. So Heck yeah, dude. Monkeys versus pigeons who is the the grooviest animal.
0: But really, this raises a very important question, which is where is my rhythm heaven? That franchise yeah. needs to return. We've uh, we've gotten another underserved side oddball Nintendo franchise that we're going to talk about in a few few news stories here. But uh yeah, that one is one that I I'm curious about but not super sold on just yet, but it comes to switch on October 31st oddly enough. Yeah, how did we get a new 1-2 switch before a new Rhythm Heaven? How did that happen? <laughs> oh my god, we, we still have not really talked about that on this podcast, but yeah. There's new, <laughs> have you been avoiding it? <laughs> there's a new 1-2 switch coming out like next week. Yeah, it's got a horse. It,
1: did you see that? Like the horse guy is like the host of the games. So you're going to be you're gonna be seeing that guy a lot apparently. <laughs> I do
0: not own the original 1-2 switch because uh, former Game Informer editor Jeff Marquiafava, who reviewed it for us, he very much persuaded me not to check it out. So and I was like, oh, it's like a $60 game. So there we go. You you sold me on not checking it out.
1: Well, does it help you? Like, does it sell you on the sequel if I told you that the horse's name is MC Horace?
0: Oh, God. how do I pre order this game?
1: <laughs> <laughs> also, I apparently a back of the box quote is a quote from MC Horace where he says, Hey, and it's spelled like hey, like. You know, you eat like horse hay. Uh, He says, "Hey, I'll take the reins and be your host." Get it? He's gonna take the reins. I can't wait to see more of MC Horse. I don't know about
0: you. That's what we're doing here. So basically, they're trying to do the Jackbox thing, (laughs) only instead of a a a bald guy named uh, Cookie Masterson, that's his name, right? is that his name
1: i don't think I, i've ever known his name
0: <laughs> i think that's his name right i'm just cooking, googling things Cookie yeah. master- yeah. okay. masterson is a jackbox host voiced by tom gottlieb he has hosted the you don't know jack and fibbage series since i it's just always true. called him because i didn't know he had a name um but yeah everybody want to switch comes out i think it's june 30th right it is thirtieth, uh, so yeah, literally a week from when this episode airs. So I guess that's going to be our episode next week, is yeah, talking really? about one two switch. But we actually yeah, you're reviewing that. that, right, Brian? <laughs> we have not heard a single peep from Nintendo about that game aside from, that, <laughs> aside from the press release.
1: It's funny we didn't hear a peep about it until they surprised the announcement. We're like, yeah, it's coming out soon. Please buy it for the love of God. We need to get this out.
0: <laughs> yeah, um that's thirty dollars though. So at least it's not a full price game. Yeah. Um but yeah, so that's that's something that we're kind of sneaking in there. Um but here's a game that came up on the stream and I was like, "Oh, this looks fun. This looks like a perfectly fun 3D platformer." But they caught my attention with a really really important detail. The line that hooked me was from the team behind Sonic Mania. The game is developed by Evening Star, which is Christian Whitehead, the creator of Sonic Mania. It's his studio. And it's called Penny's Big Breakaway, so yeah. it is a 3D platformer. Where you play as Penny and Yo-Yo, and you perform tricks as you explore Macaroon, which is the name of the world. And it says that like there's a story mode and Time Attack, which you can put your speedrunning skills to the test, plus secret stages and uh, even without the Evening Star Sonic Mania connection that they mentioned, I think this one looks pretty cool
1: yeah i mean i i love sonic mania so like anything from that team especially an original project i'm like down for and this looked cool so i'm i'm definitely going to be playing this i i want to see what that team you know can do i know it's not the fu- it's not the full team from sonic mania but uh you know still i want to see them tackle
0: you know something different and this this looks pretty cool it is interesting that we're getting the game that probably a lot of people are viewing as the successor to Sonic mania in Sonic superstars earlier on in this direct. And then we get the game actually from the T the, the guy who was like the main figurehead of Sonic mania getting their new game on here. When I think a lot of people just assumed that there was going to be a Sonic mania Two or something from that, that team. But instead we're getting uh Penny's big breakaway, which will be interesting to see how they, um, how they, they kind of, Carry on the stuff that they learned from making Sonic Mania into this.
1: Yeah, it's funny because like the art has such a like late Genesis look to it.
0: It looks like Sonic 3D Blast.
1: Yeah, or even something like like a Wrist Star. Remember yes, Wrist Star? Yes. Yeah, like it's given me that kind of vibe, which I I assume is
0: intentional, and I'm I'm really into. <laughs> yeah. So anyway. Penny's Big Breakaway arrives on every major platform early 2024. That's definitely what I'm going to be keeping my eyes open for. We then went back to Mario and his uh, his his go karting friends with a look at what's included in Wave Five of the Mario Kart 8 Deluxe Booster Course Pass. And there's a new track called Squeaky Clean Sprint, which I always stumble all over whenever I say because it's it's a it's a deceptive tongue twister. I found. And it looks like Mario and his friends are shrunk down and racing through a bathroom that's in the middle of being cleaned. And then uh, this wave's also going to give us three new characters. Petey Piranha, Wiggler, and Kamek. And I don't know if you know this. Do you know the the origin story of Kamek in the Mario Kart series? In Mario Kart specifically? Yes. Uh, no. So Kamek, you know, a lot of people originally know him as Magikoopa. But um, Kamek was originally going to be... In Mario Kart 64. And because in in this trailer, if you watch it, they're like Petey Piranha from Double Dash, Wiggler from Mario Kart 7 and Kamek from Mario Kart Tour. And it's like, wait, he's that's his first appearance. And it's like, no, what actually was the case was he was going to be in Mario Kart 64. And then at some point between like when they were prototyping the game and when they released the game, he was replaced by Donkey Kong. Ah, he so got bumped. this is actually like the reemergence of this character in the mainline series. That's kind of cool. This is why he's such a jerk. He's been
1: salty about that ever since. <laughs> he really
0: has been. Um, and also, he he was a major player in the the movie. Speaking of uh, characters that had kind of a, a a big starring role.
1: Yeah, I've always liked Kamek. He's one of my favorite Mario like enemies. I've always I always liked that his attacked, especially in the mid '90s. They looked like PlayStation buttons. So. They did. As a kid, I liked it because I was like, oh, it's so colorful and nice, even though it's murdering me. And then as the years went, I was like, ah, he's shooting PlayStation things at you. Look at that. <laughs> what a rascal.
0: So we're getting close to the end of the DLC for Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. There are only six waves total. So this is wave five that they kind of gave us the first information about. We still have seven courses to learn about. And then there's just that one final wave that's due at some point before the end of this year. And we don't have a date for Wave 5 yet, but it's scheduled for sometime this summer. And as always, you can buy the booster course pass for $25 or just subscribe to the Switch Online Plus Expansion Pack subscription plan to get it at no additional charge. So I don't know. This seems like it's going to be the most robust wave yet.
1: Yeah. God, this game is so
0: good. What if (laughs) I I keep saying this? What if Wave 6 didn't just add new characters, didn't just add new courses? What if Wave 6 added double dash mode and just was like i've been wanting that for years it's like this is the greatest game in mario kart history and will never be topped if they added double dash mode just as a separate mode right like that would be so much fun i have i have rang that bell
1: since they got away from double dash of like just bring it back as a separate mode it doesn't have to be the whole game but like because i loved like double dash was my favorite mario kart until mario kart 8 uh yeah, if they did that, it's like, okay, I guess we just don't need Mario Kart 9. <laughs> like, I guess this, I'm fine with just this being the Mario Kart forever. <laughs> this That's is how it. a lot
0: of people have felt about Smash Ultimate, right? It's like, all right, well, what do we do from here?
1: Yeah, right. It's it, Mario Kart's in the similar space where, like, after all, this DLC. It's like, I'm honestly, it would be cool to see 9, but I'm like in no rush for it. Like, I, I don't need Mario Kart 9 right now. You know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. Uh, so. Yeah, that would just be the cherry on top of all the other awesome stuff they've done with this game. And also, it's funny. I did a double take too when you mentioned PD or when they digs. I was like, was he not in there? Because they've added so many characters at this point. That's like, was PD really not in there already? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, man, geez. I played Mario Kart 8 not terribly long ago with some friends, and it's just like every time you fired a game up, you're like reminded like this is the best. It might honestly be my favorite racing game of all time. Not that I'm really thinking about it. I think it's my favorite racing game ever. It's very time.
0: possible. It is very possible. It's up there for sure. It's an incredible game and a reason it's the number one selling Switch game of all time.
1: Yeah. Like, how could it not be? Who doesn't love Mario Kart?
0: Yeah. I mean, the only one that even comes close is Animal Crossing New Horizons, and that was because it had a uh, a cultural moment in 2020.
1: (laughs) And that that could not be more opposite than Mario Kart in terms of post-launch
0: support. (laughs) (laughs) So, Marcus, we're coming down closer to the end of this direct here. The final third-party announcement is where we're at right now. That came in the form of Star Ocean The Second Story R, which is a remake of the second Star Ocean game that came out on PlayStation one in 1998. And this remake does the HD 2D style that we've gotten with like Octopath and, and triangle strategy. Um, Plus it adds new combat features that add a strategic twist to the battles. You wrote up this announcement. Did you get anything else worth mentioning from, from this uh, this announcement?
1: No, there wasn't like a super large amount of information at the time. So that was pretty much, you know, they added some stuff to the battle system like you apparently there's chain attacks now where you can stun enemies and they have like an assist style thing where party members that aren't actively in the battle that are sitting on the sidelines you can call them in now to do like a like a little move to kind of extend combos uh so like oh that's cool uh i've never played a star ocean game so like it's one of those series i've always been curious about and i know it's a bit of a minefield in terms of which ones are the good ones and which ones are like the bad ones (laughs) basically uh, i feel like the earlier ones are the ones like from playstation to playstation 2 are ones that people go crazy about and then from there it's kind of like hey eh, you got to kind of pick and choose but i i would like this would be the way i would play the older ones it's like this remake because they did that um they did a similar remake of the first game though it wasn't hd2d but it was a uh, you know like a, it had the r at the end too yeah um back in like 2019 uh so like between that and this this would you know, if I ever decide to get in the Star Ocean, this would be the way to go. Uh, I wonder if they'll ever or I don't even know if they already have. If they remade or remastered the PS2 games that everyone really likes.
0: Oh, I have no idea. I, this is a series that I am very much not up to date on or yeah. ever had any information on because this I is never. Kim, played this any. is a Kim Wallace. Yeah, thing. this we, we have to we hit we have her. Bring Kim Wallace back, even though I think her job would not permit her to,
1: <laughs> <laughs> you to ask her, like, what's the good Star Oceans?
0: Yeah. Um but yeah so that was the final third party game on this Nintendo Direct. It comes out on November 2nd on Switch, so that's something to look out for. Uh next up, I know a lot of people were disappointed by the WarioWare game that we got, which was called Get It Together. It was kind of different from what we've gotten in the past where it was almost like a weird like 2D platformer in some ways. Yeah. And like where you controlled characters instead of like actually doing like different mini games. So I'm happy that during this direct, we received the announcement of a spiritual successor to what I consider the best WarioWare game, which is WarioWare smooth moves on Wii. That game is called WarioWare Move It, and it uses two Joy-Cons at the same time. So you actually need an extra set of Joy-Cons if you want to play with extra players. And it seems like the whole thing is motion controlled, which I think this is actually one of the very few franchises that lends itself to gimmicky controls.
1: Yeah. I haven't played really many Mario. Kart. Like, honestly, the one I played the most is the one you just mentioned, the, the Wii one, uh, when I was in college. Oh, so good. Yeah, it, it's pretty fun. Um, so I guess it's cool that they're going back to that. But yeah, like I said, like it's it's one of those series where I almost... You could almost argue that maybe it suffers
0: if you take away the motion control stuff because I feel like it's more additive than anything. By the way, that was the game that I think discouraged people from using. I mean, nobody used the the wrist straps anyway because remember all those stories of the the Wii remotes going through TVs. Yeah, but it was impossible if you were trying to put the because you were handing the Wii remote back and forth so fast. It was impossible to fasten the Wii remote before the next micro game started. So it was like, all right, well, we're just going to give up that altogether. Like any ambitions we had, my Wii remote actually broke playing WarioWare Smooth Moves. (laughs) Because my friend, I handed it to her when we were playing. She did like one of the motions and it slipped out of her hand and the Wii remote went straight up in the air. And it just felt like time stood still as we waited for the Wii remote to crash down and when it landed it it really never worked the same again (laughs) it landed hard on like wood floors of my my uh apartment that i was living in at the time
1: and you turned to her and said with a straight face smooth move
0: (laughs) i was gonna say get out (laughs) That works, too. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this will have uh, more than 200 micro games to play through and you can play with up to four players locally, which means you would need eight Joy-Cons, the individual Joy-Cons. So like four sets of Joy-Cons, essentially, because it's not like the you could just have like, oh, we have one Joy-Con controller breaks into two different controllers like the original vision for them. Uh, But anyway, WarioWare Move It comes out November 3rd. So I'm very happy that that is coming out this year because I love me a good WarioWare game. So coming in, coming into this Nintendo Direct, my prediction, one of of my predictions was that we would learn some news about Tears of the Kingdom DLC, but we did not. That was a Kyle prediction as well. Ah, So instead, we got Amiibo news. We already had Link from Tears of the Kingdom in Amiibo form. But Nintendo announced during this stream that we are also getting Zelda and Ganondorf Amiibo figures this holiday season. The description says they will grant special paraglider fabric, but I wouldn't be surprised if the other functionality is very similar to the other Zelda and Ganondorf figures. Because that's basically how the Tears of the Kingdom Link Amiibo works. I was actually kind of disappointed by the Tears of the Kingdom Amiibo Link functionality in the game. Mm -hmm. Because once you got the special fabric, it was pretty much, excuse me, identical to the Breath of the Wild Link amiibo. And it was just like, okay, well, this doesn't really offer much, if anything, yeah, at, at this point. Um, but yeah, so that was, I, I don't know. I, I'm definitely going to pick those up. I don't want to fall victim to scalpers again, like I did with the Bokablan amiibo, but I, I would probably pick these up either way because the Zelda amiibo is very cool looking. It's like her kind of levitating and holding the Master Sword and then Ganondorf is just his kind of famous pose that they released in like the artwork of yeah, Sexy Ganon. Yeah. Daddy Ganon, as I've heard him called. Which yeah, I mean,
1: I feel like they're leaving money in the table not doing like the bigger sized Amiibo version of that <laughs> one. Because I think I think everyone really wants the nice, a nice jumbo sized Daddy Ganon.
0: I am surprised we haven't gotten more Ganon Amiibos like Ganon. Is this the second or third? Yeah, we got the Twilight Princess Ganondorf. Yeah, I remember that one. And we have not gotten another one aside from that. Like I, I thought I would like Wind Waker, Wind Waker Ganon. I always like that version. Those are the two coolest ones, right? I mean, I I like the Tears of the King. I mean, next to the animated series one. Oh, man, everyone loves that one. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I'm definitely gonna be picking those up. They come out this holiday season. Then we came to the final announcement of the Nintendo Direct, and you know that Nintendo always saves the big announcement for last, as a lot of publishers do and i was certain it was going to be a new mario game but definitely not this one i thought we were going to get like a super mario odyssey 2 or something similar to like what we got with bowser's fury but no we got super mario brothers wonder which i, I you could have given me a thousand guesses about what the new super mario brothers game would be can i say something
1: about that name you can i I I feel like it should have just been Super Mario Wonder. I feel like Super Mario Bros. Wonder doesn't sound right. Like, it sounds like a fake name, like an AI-generated name. I, it's something the It doesn't flow well with Bros. It, maybe because it would have the same sort of, like, feel as Super Mario World, if you just called it Super Mario Wonder?
0: Yeah, I think that, I don't know why the Bros is there. I get that for sure. Yeah, the, the, it, I've... For the like most of the di- most of the day following the game or getting announced on the Nintendo Direct, I was calling it Super Mario Wonder. And then I was like, oh, there's a Bros in there. OK.
1: Yeah, I feel like you can only follow Bros with either a letter letter or a
0: number. Hmm. I don't, I don't know. know. But anyway, it is a new side scrolling game and it kind of looks like an updated new Super Mario Brothers art style, but like way more expressive. Oh, yeah. Like Mario's it, it, face actually moves and has animation and everything. Which it is looks cool.
1: like, I don't, I don't know if you thought this Kyle, but like the, or Kyle, Brian, the, the beginning of the trailer where he uh, shows up and he does his like, his like, you know, one up his jump, basically. Uh-huh. The way that was framed, didn't it kind of look like the first issue of Nintendo power with like the clay version of Mario? Oh yeah. I mean, like I'm a little
0: bit, not looking way yeah, outdated. Yeah.
1: Yeah, like it doesn't like clay, but like I had I actually Googled image. I was like, am I crazy? Am I <laughs> like, is that what they're going for? And it's like, it's not like a, uh, like a, com- a direct like reference, but it feels like there might be something there. I don't know. It's either that or it's funny because right before this game, I saw someone on Twitter. I, I remember, I wish I knew it was, but um, they mentioned how they have always wanted a Mario game that had the art style of like the NES box arts. Yeah. And this not quite looks like it, but it feels like it's closer to that. Oh, it definitely is. Yeah. Like it's, it looks so much better than the new Super Mario games, which is like basic Mario sprites, basically just shined up to the eighth
0: degree. Yeah. I mean, it always felt a little, for lack of a better word, vanilla. <laughs> like, right. I agree with that. Yeah. Even it's, though, you know, it's the most exotic bean. It's like, this
1: is Mario. Here you go.
0: Um, I kind of saw it as a, uh, almost like a, a nod to like the joke that everybody has made. Every, every single person who's ever played Mario is like, Oh, he touches the mushroom or eats the mushroom. And he, he starts hallucinating. Or it's like a thing about like, you know, taking mushrooms and going into yeah. this weird world. It's like world. that
1: fan theory that every Mario game is like in his head. It's just like a hallucination from eating the but mushrooms. But this feels like
0: it goes way further. Like, so there's wonder flowers. That's what they're called. That's what, hence the name I'm guessing. But you touch the wonder flower And it like changes the world around you. Like the pipes come alive and like enemies appear out of nowhere and characters change in like weird ways. Like Mario stretches, like his body stretches really long and it becomes this weird guy. And it's like, oh, that's like, obviously like Mario is tripping on something there. Skinny Mario is back. Oh, but to the nth degree as you, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's, it's wild, but. Just like in New Super Mario Brothers, you can also control Mario, Luigi, Toad in co-op, but now you can also control Peach, Daisy, and Yoshi. Which we saw a scene where Mario was riding Yoshi, if I'm not mistaken. Ah, uh, I don't remember. Does Yoshi ride Yoshi? If you ride Yo, is this this is four player co-op like yes. the new games,
1: right? So, like, if you're Yoshi, are you like move like so you can ride your friend
0: basically? I don't. And then they're carrying you around. I have no idea, and I'm like, I, I need to know the answer to this.
1: Could you be a like a jerk to your friend and do to sacrifice Yoshi jump? Oh you do your, Like you're like, it's worse. You jump over there, and then you just kick
0: them off. Somehow it's worse when Yoshi does it to one of his own. Oh, that, I mean, I think it's owed at this point, though.
1: I mean, well, I guess if he did it to Mario, like if you're yeah, the Yoshi if he was, player,
0: he's riding on Mario's back and kicked him into the pit. That would make sense. That's revenge. It's retribution for his his family.
1: Yeah, I wonder if like yeah, I can. Is Yoshi the only rideable character? Like, is like if they lean into the Super Mario uh, Two stuff of like every character has like an ability, like Peach can float and Luigi can jump high. Is Luigi or Yoshi's thing that he could just carry people around? Like you just hop on his back. Is that how I mean, that's
0: <laughs> his contribution? Very possible because we did see Yoshi also does like kind of the the longer jump that he can do and like like Smash the flutter kicks. Yeah, the flutter kicks. So maybe that's what it is. Maybe he, you can also ride on Yoshi as like a character, but I don't know. Like, cause that also might take away his agency as a character when you're playing as him. Right.
1: It because could like- lead to some fun. I feel like you can design some platforming around that sort of cooperation of like, okay, Yoshi player and whoever's riding them, we need to sort of like synchronize our, our jumps and like, like, evacuation jumps at, at a, like, a certain way to get past this weird thing. I, I feel like there's some potential for some, like, hilarity there.
0: <laughs> there is. I mean, I, I we, maybe we don't even know what's going on there. But the trailer is very fun. But it ended with something I was absolutely not prepared for. And that was... Oh, boy. Elephant Mario. And I legitimately did not handle this well when it happened. and I don't know what about it was that made me like kind of lose my mind a little bit. But I just like I I actually said things out loud in my house alone that I was just I'll censor myself. I was like, what the heck? Did you make uh,
1: elephant noises? Like just (laughs) sort of trumpet noises? No, I just
0: I stared slack jawed at my screen and I. I. I think a lot of people, I don't know what about it was seeing Mario transform into an elephant. We've seen him transform into all kinds of things. But for some reason him growing a trunk just blew all of our dumb little minds.
1: Yeah, trunk ears. Have you seen the internet has taken calling him Republican Mario or
0: MAGA Mario? Oh no. I mean he does have a red hat. He does have a red hat. <laughs>
1: he's an elephant.
0: <laughs> they really did ruin red hats, didn't they?
1: <laughs> kind of, a little bit. Uh Yeah, that's uh, a... I mean, maybe it's because an elephant is like the largest animal he's ever transformed into, right? Because he's he's transformed uh, into like Mega Mario.
0: Well,
1: I mean, it's not an animal, though. I'm talking about like his animal-based transformations. You don't know the Mario I know. Yeah. (laughs) Until we become... Until we get a blue whale (laughs) power-up. But yeah, he just looks so... And also... What do the other characters look like as elephants? That's what, like, what does Toad, like, Elephant Toad look like?
0: I don't even want to think about it. (laughs) Or
1: Yoshi. (laughs) Toad's already, like, like a little freak. Exactly. Like, does he have, like, a little mushroom cap on his, like, little
0: beady-eyed elephant head? (laughs) I want to see Elephant Yoshi very badly now, actually
1: they should have nintendo directs dedicated to specific elephant reveals of each character like, like we they have did a with five- the mario
0: movie where it was like we're going to show you we're going to have this character come on now and talk about what it means to be a part of the mario movie
1: exactly i want a deep dive discussion into how we landed on this design for elephant daisy
0: oh god <laughs> or oh
1: yoshi's a he's already an animal
0: he is. Well, kind of. I mean, dinosaurs are animals, I suppose. So yeah. <laughs> is that a question? <laughs> are you questioning that? Dinosaurs are animals, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, they are. I don't think that's disputable, but uh <laughs> 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 uh yeah, so like you're basically mashing two animals together in
0: that case. Weird. That that that's yeah, I don't want to go further down that route. Um it's gonna be a Babar episode for elephants running on screen. Babar at the same time. Isn't it yeah, Babar? Remember?
1: I thought it was Babar. B- I think that's how you. Isn't that canonically how it's pronounced,
0: Babar? No idea. I've, I I have not thought of that that character in probably two decades.
1: I don't think anyone has. I don't think it's ever been rebooted or anything, to my knowledge. But I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah, I mean, I'm. That's what it's going to look like, though, when you have four players as elephants going around.
0: I guess. I, I hope so. I hope, which just an elephant rampage. But uh, where does this rank? on your list of the most anticipated games for the remainder of 2023? Oh, for like uh, for everything?
1: Yeah, Uh, pretty high. I love Mario. Any new platformer, especially whether it's 2D or 3D, is always probably like top three. Um, So like this is day one. Mario games are always day one for me. I I just I love Mario. And also it's been what was the last 2D one? Was it you? New Super Mario Brothers U and that was t- 11 years ago.
0: Yeah, and they just put out the deluxe version of that on Switch a few years ago. Yeah.
1: So like and I liked you. I think it's the best oh, of the thanks. new games. Um you're welcome. Uh thanks for making that. Uh but <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think that was the best of the, the new series in general and I uh so I'm excited for a new 2d one especially one as wild as this one was like i love that this seems like they're swinging for the fences <laughs> it,
0: i'm glad they took the feedback of like yeah these kind of new super mario brothers you or new super mario brothers games are kind of just like eh, they all feel kind of samey at this point i'm glad yeah, they're that they're safe. taking a swing for the fence on this one however it comes out october 20th which happens to be the same week as alan wake 2 and spider-man 2 so it comes out the same day as spider-man 2 like both of those games are october 20th good luck everybody like trying to find i might just have to take that entire week off
1: yeah i mean spider-man's another day one and it's like i'm not worried for mario because like mario is a big enough brand we're like honestly spider-man would probably be more worried than anything but like both of those games will be fine i'm honestly more worried about alan
0: wake because alan wake amazing game it was our game of or my game of summer game fest looks incredible people have been clamoring for a new alan wake for more than a decade and we're finally getting it and now it's kind of gonna be stuck between two incredibly high profile probably the two most high profile games coming out this holiday season i mean maybe starfield's the only game that would beat either of these in terms of profile yeah
1: like it comes out like well before it too so um at least i just looked it up on the calendar october 20th is a friday at
0: least so you get the full weekend to play both of these games god i i don't know how i'm gonna do it honestly like i don't know how anybody's gonna do it if you're if you're into like two of those three games whereas i happen to be interested in all three of those games same i think alan wick 2 is the tuesday of that week so at least you have a few days to get through that game but that is a tough sell for anybody but hey, I've, it's a happy problem to have. It is. I'd rather have too many games than too few. But that is the end of the Nintendo Direct rundown, which, by the way, the Nintendo Direct isn't the only stream that we got this week. We are going to take one final break of this episode, and when we get back, we're going to talk about that other stream, which came from Nintendo and Mario's former rival. We will be right back. I know this is already a news-heavy episode, but I wanted to close out this week's show with a rundown of the news that came from another major gaming stream. This time it was the Sonic Central stream. This has been a tradition for the Sonic brand to do a big stream each year on Sonic's birthday, and this year was no different. So the Sonic Central stream, let me just set the expectations right off the bat, was far away, not not anywhere near as high-key as the Nintendo Direct, but we got some fun stuff out of it. So we got a second new look at Sonic superstars, including a new Lego partnership where you can put a Lego skin on Sonic and Eggman. So that's, that's pretty fun. Uh, Sonic frontiers. Second of three free title updates is live tonight. When you're listening to this, if you're listening to this on the the day it comes out and uh, Sonic's birthday bash update adds new challenges, new moves and a collectible cocoa for Sonic to grab. Plus, birthday decorations so there's that and then it also adds new game plus which i know a lot of people are excited about for big games like this do you think that you're gonna jump in and check out sonic frontier's uh new update
1: i still haven't finished sonic frontier's base and mainly because it just came out at such a busy time you Mm -hmm. know it's like that the heat of the fall stuff so like if i remember correctly i stopped at the second world okay like the deserty one i think it was yeah um So like I, I, but I do intend on going back to it. I've been telling myself like I need to get back and you know do go fast. Just like Persona Five, you're going to get back to it eventually. (sighs) Well, I mean, I have to start Persona (laughs) 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 Five. At least I'm much further in Sonic than I am in that. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, I I, I'll probably check it out just by virtue of like, well, I'm already playing this again. I'll play more of that.
0: Sure, I'm probably going to wait for the third uh, free content update which is due later this year, which is going to add new playable characters and new story stuff. That's what mm. I'm most excited for. And it, they're hinting that it's going to be uh, Tails, Knuckles, and Amy as playable characters. So that, I don't know if they're going to have like their own self-contained area. Or you're going to be able to run around the world as those characters, but that seems very cool if that's what the case is.
1: I don't know if this is a spoiler, but I got to know, Brian, because you, you finished
0: Frontiers. Uh, Charmy B, where, where's Charmy B at? I think he was one of the victims of the the mass B extinction that was happening a few years back. Oh, is that what happened to? him? I think so. Cuz I miss Charmy B. I
1: was surprised that he wasn't in the murder of Sonic the Hedgehog when the other two members of Ka- Team Chaotix was. Hey, listen, um, the, the
0: Team Chaotix is an ever-changing group of people. Uh, Mighty the Armadillo was originally on Team Chaotix before he just kind of became his own entity. Uh, But yeah, it's usually SBO, Vector, and Charmy. But it's it's strange that I I actually never played the Murder of Sonic the Hedgehog because I I was out at the uh, the Mario movie premiere in L.A. when that was going on, so I I did not ever get a chance to fire it up, which is unfortunate because I've heard it's really fun. I mean, you can still do it. Good, hasn't gone anywhere. Um,
1: uh, go ahead. I was going to say, I was going to say like, it's free too. So
0: yeah, it's always a plus, um, but it's always just like, I don't have a lot of time to devote to that. Unfortunately, (laughs) Uh, Netflix also confirmed that the new season of Sonic prime is arriving in July and that subscribers to Netflix can also get a new version of the mobile endless runner Sonic dash through their Netflix subscription. That version is called Sonic prime dash and will arrive alongside the new season. And then we also got a full tour schedule for the Sonic Symphony World Tour, which I'm super excited about. But then I saw there's no Minneapolis date, so I got sad. Oh, I need to look that up. I'm wondering if it's... um, Have they released like a set list or anything for that? No, but I would imagine it's in line with the Sonic Symphony stream that they did back 2020, 2021 maybe. Uh, But I don't think there's a a Florida date either, so you're about to be sad too. (sighs) What the Florida's? No offense to you, Brian. Florida's bigger than Minneapolis. We got at least we have a Chicago date, so like I could fly to Chicago if I really wanted to go see it, which I, I do really want to go see it. Um, it's just a matter of I don't think I'm. It's it's gonna have to be a, a travel situation for me. It's not gonna be a uh, yeah. Just
1: frame it as a work trip and
0: <laughs> exactly know, can expense it. Yeah. Um, um, um and, and also a ton of merchandising news. Brands like Lego, Igloo, Jacks Pacific, ESP Guitars, and then IDW. Also announced a one-shot comic starring Amy to celebrate the 30th anniversary of that character. Oh so, yeah. man, she's 30 years old. Yeah, huh? Sonic CD was when she was introduced. And hey, good for Amy. You know, we didn't really get a ton of like earth-shattering news, but it's, it's always fun to get kind of an update on what's going on with the series. I'm I'm surprised we didn't get more on the um like the the movie or streaming side, aside from the Sonic Prime uh, advertising.
1: Yeah, it seems like this would have been the place to maybe uh, tease that Knuckles show that's happening.
0: Which I I, I don't know, man. It's still kind of a... it's a hard sell for me. Just given the... Really? I, I, I'm I'm excited. I think Idris Elba is amazing as Knuckles. It's just... I, I wish they would just lean into the Sonic side of it and not like the human side of it. And it's like, all right, well, we got that cop character is getting trained by Knuckles in the way of the Echidna. And it's just... It just seems like it's not going to be something that I'm looking forward to. Like, I just wanted to see, like, all right, let's 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 learn more about, like, the Echidna backstory and everything. And it's like, no, we're going to learn about Wade, the cop. <laughs> not even the James Marston cop. It's going to be the Wade, the other character, the other yeah. cop.
1: <clears throat> you know, the one everyone loves. I mean, at least it's not an overly long wedding
0: sequence. I'll take that. Oh, God. That, again... I thought that that was brilliant of them to be like, Hey, we got to send the human characters off to Hawaii to not be a part of the story. And then we had <laughs> I <got> a, you. <laughs> they really did. Like I, I was fine with checking in on them. Wow, oh, what's going on? Oh, they're, they're calling Sonic and saying, Hey buddy, you doing good. And he's trying to hide that he's out and about doing crazy Sonic stuff. And that's fun. But then it was like, Hey, let, we have to have that." So these human characters are stealthily sneaking around a, a resort that's been taken over by this, i don't this governmental agency or whatever it was it's like get back to like sonic snowboarding again
1: i still think about that segment in a way that i don't with a lot of movies of just such a weird decision of like they basically shove the romantic comedy into this kid's movie like a like a short romantic comedy is (laughs) exist within this film and it's so unnecessary Uh, i I just kind of marvel at it like how did this happen
0: it's like we we paid James Marston and the other supporting cast to be in this movie. We've got to give them some screen time. <laughs> <laughs> and like I, they're all very good actors. They're all like on their own good characters. It's just like I never want to like just pay attention to them like they're they're fine when they're just playing off Sonic. I thought they were fine in the first movie. the second movie. Again, smart decision to send them away, but they ended up spending too much time on them either way.
1: Yeah, if anything else, it's good for, like, the home release. Like, it's a great fast-forward point to make the movie shorter. (laughs) Like, as soon as that scene starts, you're like, you can literally just fast-forward and miss nothing of importance.
0: (laughs) My hope is that after this third one, they find out some way to get Sonic back to his home, like, his home of Green Hill Zone or wherever he lives, yeah, no, Green Hill Zone is the well, town. Green Hill, Montana line. is where he popped up, right? Isn't that? Yeah. But I I think he was living in Green Hill Zone. In, well, he like, might have been in Emerald Hill Zone. Emerald, yeah. So, I don't know. But <laughs> I, I, my hope is that they they figure out some way to send him back to his Sonic home. Sonic world. And it's just like Sonic stuff from then on. It's not like all it'll the Or it'll be stuff. the
1: opposite where... Uh, James Marson goes with him and now he's the fish out of water this time. I wouldn't
0: even mind that, but I, I, as long as he's not like the focus I like you that we're don't want calling to see him James Marson <laughs> That's really what it comes down to you know? <laughs> I, like, I, just... <laughs> I see enough people all day. I don't need to see more people when I'm watching a Sonic movie Yeah, so I, I would keep like Dr. that. Dr. Robotnik Keep Dr. Robotnik. Jim Carrey is amazing in that role Yeah. Even well, though he's... he said he retired <laughs> So hopefully. Is he
1: sticking to that? Is that like, was
0: he legit about that? Is he sticking to that gun i sincerely hope he's back for at least one more because i don't know i we're not going to spoil the ending of sonic 2 but i don't know how they're going to do the next sequence without him the next like storyline they set up
1: you know what they do they get another uh soon to retire actor you get brian cranston to replace him is he retiring he's re- he said he's retiring in the next three years oh no god i hate so like we need to get him get him now to replace Carrie and then just have him do the Heisenberg performance, but as Robotnik.
0: God. Or <laughs> well, have him be Gerald Robotnik, the, the grandfather that created Shadow. Oh Yeah, he's already bald
1: it. and has a mustache. He looks dastardly.
0: Yeah, I think that would be amazing. I think that would be great. Um, speaking of Sonic, Marcus, we're, this is a very, very long episode. We're going to wrap up the, after this. But uh, Sonic Origins Plus, the enhanced... Version of the collection that launched a year ago today is out right now. And I've spent a little bit of time with it. It's very much the same package, right? Like it gives you Sonic 1, 2, 3, and Knuckles and CD in a package. And you can play as Knuckles in Sonic 1, 2, 3, and Knuckles. But unlike the original version, you can play Knuckles in Sonic CD now. And they also added Amy. ...as playable in all the other versions, which is great. Like, she has her hammer that she can use to attack uh, enemies, and, um, you know, she, she can also turn into Super Amy, which is just basically like a lighter color palette. It's not a whole lot of, like, different changes and everything, but it is cool to see her running around in these other Sonic games yeah and, and knuckles he, he kind of breaks sonic other sonic games that he's not that were not originally designed for knuckles like he's able to glide through like large chunks of the the level like if you oh, get i high, was breaking
1: that in the first game
0: if you get high enough in sonic cd like you can just glide through the entire stage basically because <laughs> <laughs> those those levels are very vertical right um and then also the other added bonus here, and it's a it's kind of a bittersweet bonus. It's twelve Game Gear games are included in this package, and one I wish they were the Master System game versions of a lot of these games because that was like more widescreen. There was less screen crunch. the The sound I'm assuming would be better because that is the biggest negative here. The sound doesn't it it's just bad in these Game Gear games. When yeah. when you hear the, when they do the Sega at the, the beginning, when you first turn it on, it sounds like you're listening, like you turned the Game Gear up 12, 12 steps before or higher than it was ever meant to go. Like it just, it, the audio is so bad in that. And then like when you're playing, there's like a weird kind of echo to a lot of the audio It just doesn't hmm. sound good. And the, then when you add the screen crunch and how small the Game Gear game or the Game Gear screen was in comparison to like the master system screens like it, it it's it, it's kind of like a almost what we got with Sonic 3 in this where it was like yeah I mean I'd rather have the real music and like it sucks that we don't have the the actual music from Sonic 3 but if the choice is we don't get Sonic 3 or we get this version of Sonic 3 I'll take a kind of lesser version of Sonic 3 than no Sonic 3 at all that's how I kind of feel about the game gear games right is I is a
1: is Tails Adventure in that bunch?
0: Yes. Okay. And Sky Patrol. Ah, gotcha. So both Tails games. Um, all the Sonic games, including Drift, Triple Trouble, Chaos, uh, 1 and 2, which... Man, that first boss of Sonic 2 is so hard on the Game Gear because you can't see the the bouncing balls coming. And, like, because the, the screen is so contracted that you can't really... It, it's so much better on the master system. I wish that was the version that we got, but unfortunately we got the game gear, but overall I think Sonic origins is a good collection. I think it's, it's a, a solid way to play those games. It's nice to have them. I played the, the PlayStation version for the purposes of this episode, but I mean, I've also played the collection, the the base version of the collection on switch and it's uh overall a solid collection. It's a great way to play a lot of these games that are either available in other ways or not available at all. It is nice that there's the anniversary mode, which removes lives, gives you extra chances at, like, Chaos Emeralds. Like, if you fail a special stage, if you have coins, you can just start right back up. And then there's also its widescreen native instead of the kind of 4-3 ratio. All
1: right. Now, I don't... Excuse me if you've already... (laughs) said this but
0: like i have original sonic origins collection is there an
1: upgrade path at all for this yes
0: i think it's ten dollars to upgrade from the original sonic origins to sonic origins plus or i think it's 50 dollars to just buy sonic origins plus if you don't own the original okay so yeah it's uh it's kind of a mixed bag in some regards, but, you know, overall, it's it's an upgrade from the original Sonic Origins. I still really, really wish they could get that the original music, but I just don't think it's ever going to happen. Yeah, it's like I would pay
1: the money just for that. Honestly. Exactly. Yeah. It,
0: those songs are so good. I just don't know why they don't just figure out some I'm sure there's very good reasons as to why they don't approach the people who own the rights to those songs i I think one of them would be that one of at least one of them is just an outright ripoff of uh another song that uh yeah we just i've I've played it on this podcast before it is the ice cap zone song is just basically the a beat from a song that never came out from an 80s band
1: yeah i guess i'll have to stick to what i've been doing and just pull up the uh ost on youtube and just play it in my headphones as I'm playing the corresponding stages. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, I guess that's one approach, right? So it's the best one I got. So Sonic Origins Plus is available today. And uh, yeah, those that's those are the ways you can acquire it. There's also a physical version that comes with, I think, an art book and uh, some other stuff, like a, a custom cover art and everything. But I, from what I understand, it's still a download code, so... I guess that it, if you want that, there it's there. I mean, maybe the... I saw that you have to download something. I don't know if maybe it's the, the plus content is downloadable and the regular Origins is on the the, the cartridge, but I don't know. Mm. I did not get a physical copy, so I cannot confirm that 100%. But Marcus, that is an episode, one of the longest in all Nintendo history. Thank you so much for joining me. I know this has been kind of like a, a relentless smashing through of all this news but I appreciate you uh, being my ride or die through it all of course always here it was a lot of fun and thank you so much to everyone for listening do me a favor if you haven't already throw All Things Nintendo a five star review and hit the subscribe button if you want to get any questions or comments in you can get in touch with me at allthingsnintendo at gameinformer.com or hit me up on Instagram at Brian P. Shea. you can also join the Game Informer community discord which is a perk for subscribing to our Twitch channel even just for one month Marcus, where can people find you online? Uh,
1: You can find me on Twitter at
0: MarcusStewart7. That is our show for this week. Thank you again for listening. Take care. We'll see you next time.